0: What it do with it, baby? It's Nushi H, baby.
1: And Roushie in the building.
0: <sighs> I wish we dropped this episode on a Sunday because we just got taken to church. Good God. For real. Like, literally, I want to just give y'all a sermon right now, but I'm not going to. I'm at a loss for words. God, I hope you, like, help me with finding them. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that dap and that tap on the back. But, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to take you through a story of One of the most illustrious songwriters in the game, Priscilla Renee, an incredible artist, an incredible writer, an incredible creative spirit and all around otherworldly human being. And what you're about to go through is a deep dive into the human essence of one of the most profound creators of our generation. And it's an absolute honor to be able to give you guys this type of access. And for Priscilla to, to give us this level of vulnerability. And without further ado, we give to you, Priscilla Renee. Ah! Uh. Mama! Mama! We, we made it!
2: Hey, 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 hey. Hey. Hey.
0: What it, what it, what it do now? And we're back in business. Tell him, Nushi. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the motherfucking Mama We Made It podcast. We have somebody in the building today that I truly view as a sister, Uh, one of the most shining spirits and lights that I've ever come across. Super talented. That just, I mean, that's just—I mean—that's just a given. But one of the most incredible human beings that I've had the pleasure of coming across in this gorgeous thing called life.
2: Mm.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we got Vero Beach's very own Priscilla Renee up in the
2: house. What up?
3: What it do? What it do. <laughs>
0: P, thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, I want it, to—it's—it's it's crazy because Priscilla and I. Uh, I've had the, I've been fortunate enough to be able to work with her uh, during a time. And, you know, I'll tell you right now, y'all, she's one of the most consummate artists. One of the most, <laughs> your favorite artist probably got a song or two written by her in, in, this, in this time period right now in her young life. Mm. And it's, it's incredible the, the, the fortitude as an artist that this woman has. And we're going to come to see it come to light by her story. Hey, Yo. what is going on? How are you? How are you this
3: evening? Man, I'm amazing. I'm a little tired. It's all good. Um, we just got back in town. I was visiting my parents mm. in Vero. How are they? They're good, man. They're really good. You got to
0: give them my love.
3: Yo, little Jesse. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he's, he's a rapper now. His name is Little Chicken. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs>
0: Oh. <laughs> little chicken in the mix.
3: <laughs> oh.
0: Little, little chicken, chicken in the mix. Yeah, chicken. Chicken. What it do? Little, little, chicken. Chicken? <laughs> little chicken. That's one of the greatest names <laughs> I've ever heard. Yo,
3: he came up with that on his own too. I, mean, I
0: <laughs> love that. Yeah,
3: man, I love, I love being around that. my family. Yo, little y'all. chicken. Little chicken.
0: Speaking of your family, tell us how how was it growing up in Vero Beach? Like, was talk to us about that.
3: Well, I was a military brat, so my dad was in the Navy. Um, my grandparents are actually from Wabasso. Which is like twenty what minutes. Wabaso. Got it. Yeah, it's not on the map. It's Wab- like, <laughs> yeah, I was like Wabasso. What? Wabasso. <laughs> Wabasso. Um, they still got dirt roads and like a flashing light, stop light. Like it's very, very, very country. Mm. Um so we used to spend our summers. I grew up on a farm, three acres, we had peacocks, chickens, hogs, uh, geese, um uh, trees, mango trees, grapefruit trees, orange trees, tangerine trees blueberry tree, sugarcane like That
0: sounds like an oasis. Yeah.
3: We, we were never hungry, you know, just wake up in the morning, go outside, get you an orange, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah, so I grew up on a farm and like I'm I'm saying a farm. It was yeah. not just like it wasn't like a um like a like an agriculture farm. We didn't have the animals to sell them. Mm. We just had them for like Eggs. We go get the eggs outside. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, that's a lie. My grandfather did used to sell the peacock and the geese eggs. Or, he did do that. But we go outside and fish, catch a fish, bring it in the house, eat it. Shoot squirrels, throw it on the grill. Like, wait, so was so farming country. wasn't the business. No. Oh, okay. No, Interesting. my grandfather was a uh, orange grover, oh. like picked Oranges. What was
0: that like as a kid growing up on a in a like palatial area like that?
2: Fun.
3: <laughs> we just do whatever we wanted to. I mean, three <laughs> acres to just run around. <laughs> yeah. like, it acres. Was fun.
0: Here in L. A. it's like you
1: get nothing.
3: Yeah. No. It was fun. It was like you, can't even you find know, three acres. You go outside, be outside all day. Don't come inside too I mean, I think now that I'm older, I realized my grandparents used to trick us into doing it. But we used to like go around the yard and be like, "Can we light a bonfire?" They'd be like, "Yeah." The only catch is we had to go around the yard and clean it up and get all the yard trash like the leaves or whatever and put it <laughs> in a big pile, Smart. light it on fire, get some hot dogs, some marshmallows. We'd be out there all night
2: Incredible. you know, just as
3: a kid. So it was like, you know, it's better than what these kids do now. They just play video games all day. Absolutely. I didn't grow up like that. I grew up like if I wanted to go shoot something, I just grabbed the BB gun and just Go shoot something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not that it was a, in a violent way, but Absolutely. just like, you were free to do whatever we you like. Like want to climb clear. a tree, yeah. want to go like collect all the beer. <laughs> like, <laughs> around. We used to have barbecue every night. Now, that was something. My grand, my uh, my uncles, aunties come over, barbecue. They be out there drinking, laughing all night, and then we just the next morning go out there and just like get the empty beer cans or to have empty beer cans we'd be
2: out there drunk
3: <laughs> like, <laughs> as a little kid we go climb up in the tree and fall asleep on the branches like that's just wow that's what we did
0: did you guys have a lot of family out there Was um it just like we a had a huge family, family huge
3: there? family so i had eight uncles and aunties including that's not including my mom so nine kids um four aunties five uncles and all of them had at least only one of my aunties had one son, so everybody else had like three kids at least, oh, wow. and then they all had kids, so we had a mm. huge family, like huge, huge. And it was fun, like all my cousins was my friends, you know. My best cousin Quinn, who he passed away, but he taught me how to crack whips, shoot, you know, skin an animal. Like I know how to do all that. So in the wow. apocalypse, y'all wow. want to be with me? Yes, yes. one hundred You are a legend.
0: <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah, man. So I'm calling just... Will
0: Smith and P and just being like, "Look, all right, I need for both sure. of y'all to be
2: Denzel here." Denzel too. You didn't see how he shot that cat? You
0: damn right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Soon to be Idris Elba with this new movie coming out. Like, yeah. I would just be like, "Look, bro, what I forget what it's called, call? but like, he's like in time as like a shooter. Oh, it's insane. I'm gonna have
3: to look out for that. Yeah,
0: he's like lit. <laughs> 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 what 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 was childhood P like?
3: Childhood P was very timid. It was like you don't speak until you're spoken to, kind of like. I was very introverted. I like to read. Um, I used to watch MTV, like, religiously. I remember, you know, being glued to the screen, watching Aaliyah, Eminem, you know, and sing Backstreet Boys. So I was very into music from a young age. I was always singing in church. My dad, my biological father, played the trumpet. So it was just music. My mom was a singer. Um My dad was a singer, also, but it was just music, oh, wow. music, music' music all the time
0: that's incredible yeah did did the church play like a big role in that like just allowing you to like freely sing or was it was it one of the things where you'd find yourself just like being the introvert that you were were you like singing to yourself or was it like something that you knew you wanted to do?
3: Uh, I just thought everybody could sing. It was just, oh, I just so didn't around. know yeah. that, you know, I was any different from anyone else. Mm. I never really had a choice growing up. And really up until I was like 19, like nobody ever really asked me if I wanted to sing. They was just like Priscilla. <laughs> you know what I'm really? saying? like singing? Priscilla. Yeah, yeah like, I, I, you know, I didn't have a choice singing in church. i was been singing since I was two. Wow. So <sighs> it's just like, just what I did. Like, oh, you talking about the singing Priscilla? Yeah. You know, that was me. <laughs> Growing up, And I didn't really walk around the house singing like that because my mom was always telling me to shut up. Somebody was like, you know, <laughs> I got a piano for Christmas one year and I was like playing it. My granddaddy was like, got that? No, it's off. You know? <laughs> my grandma let me go in the room and play. So it was like, you know, nobody really wanted to hear that. It was just like, Shh. yeah, you know, so that's I think that, it, you know, has a lot to do with why I was so quiet.
0: Mm. Um,
3: yeah. And that's why I make so much noise now though. <laughs> I respect that.
0: I respect that. Keep making that noise though. Yeah. What what were like what were some of your like childhood dreams? Cause you, I wanted you... to be a ballerina actually.
3: Really? Yeah.
1: That's interesting. Yep. Coming from like a farm.
3: Yeah, I used to put on all my socks, like all the socks in the drawer and like walk around. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yep, yep. I wanted to first I wanted to be a ballerina when I was little. I used to watch like, you know, like on channel four or whatever how they have like the operas. I used to watch that. Um, I used to love to watch like gymnastics and figure skating for the Olympics. Yeah. <clears throat> and then when I got to be about 10 or 12, I got really into forensic science. I wanted to be a ballistics. How do, how do you go? Say, oh, I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> how, do you, how do you go from ballerina on the toes into
1: um, forensic? I
3: think, well, you know, my, my grandmother used to use me to find things in the house. So mm. like I have this talent i don't know where it came from but like i could just walk into a room and look around and then leave you can move something and i can go back and be like yeah the chair you moved that wow it's <laughs> not where it was so they used to like my grandma used to have me um go and find this her slippers all the time so she would be like where's the last place you saw my slippers i'm like oh they under the bed <laughs> i don't know why it was just I don't know how I could do that. But then it's funny because I'm always losing my ID.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't work on the cell. I put
3: that at nothing. (laughs) But I can, you know, I'm just very observant. You know, I like pick up on mannerisms and different things like that. So I wanted, and and my mom used to make us watch uh, TLC. Mm -hmm. So like we we had a different kind of sex ed. It was like, you want to be out here hunching this is what's going to happen. And she oh, used to have wow. us watching the babies come out.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. You know, so
3: we used to watch a lot of like discovery channel and that kind yeah. of stuff. And I think maybe that's why I was so into like ballistics and science. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always very, very into school, love school, mm. love to learn. Yeah. Um, was a very, very good student. I um, was really good at taking notes and just like photographic memory type stuff. Yeah. Um, even if I didn't understand what it meant, i you know I knew how to make it look like exactly what was on the chalkboard, so I don't know it was weird like I just wanted to study blood spatter like
0: how old were you in room. that time?
3: uh about twelve, and they started sending us these flyers to up to my house um to go to like either miami uh New York or l a to study forensic science and I was really, really into it. I don't even know how they knew to send me that (laughs) (laughs) they're watching us. Um, But yeah, I I used to beg my mom, please, 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 I ain't paying all that money for that. You know, so I never got to go. So maybe that's why I didn't follow that path. But even even when
1: like I get a shot, like I'm, I'm all good with the pain, but I just can't look at it. Yeah. Like I can't, I don't want to see the blood. I don't want to see the tube. I don't want to see the needle. Just let it happen and be done. Like
0: it's, yeah, I, I, it's wild because like I love watching like detective shows and like true TV and the forensic files and all that. But when it comes to like actually being in front of it, I'm such a queasy like wheezy with it though, bro. It's insane.
3: That doesn't bother me. I think it's you know I'm more into like how did this happen, you know, rather than like there's a dead person. You know what I'm saying? Not that I'm insensitive to that type of thing, but like, yeah, I, it just really intrigues me to be able to be like, oh, okay, so they walked in, he was here, pulled the trigger, bam, blood goes here, he fell. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I like to. I think that's you know I think like that as well you know when it comes to like, like music in this Absolutely. industry I think like that like, okay he ain't call me back this happened this happened now this person called me out of the blue uh bam I see what happened here you know what I'm saying that's just the way I think I'm like a global thinker oh wow
1: yeah
3: I don't know I'm,
2: I'm kind of weird like that that's incredible <laughs> that's though.
1: amazing
0: because you had a very imaginative mind from mm-hmm. from the onset where do you think that that kind of stemmed from was it just like you, you being very curious.
3: Um, I think I just like to explore, mm-hmm. and I, I had to ask to go outside till I was nineteen. So really? it was very sheltered. Um, so like any opportunity I had to kind of create my own world and just live in that world. Mm. That's what I did, and then I think also too being a military brat. You know, we moved around one to two times um, every couple of years.
1: And where where were you moving? Like, in different parts of the country? I went went to 23
3: schools in my life. Oh, wow. So, we moved from, like, I was born in Cape Canaveral. We moved from there to Groton, Connecticut, back to Jacksonville, back up to Maryland, back to Jacksonville, back up to D.C., back to Jacksonville, San Diego, back to Florida. Like, we just were always moving around. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a kid, you know, that can be very traumatizing if you've made friends. And, Absolutely. You know, but I think I really am glad and grateful for it because it made me able to adapt really quickly. So when I go to a new place, I'm able to kind of suss out. She's approachable. He's not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. If he's not and he's somebody that I need to know, I'm going to figure out how I can talk to you. I'm going to find something to relate to you on. You know what I'm saying? It's, and I was always friends with people older than me. Never really made friends with anybody in my grade. Mm.
2: Um,
1: was it easy for you to make friends? <clears throat> super, super yeah. easy.
3: Yeah, because being a new girl, I knew if all else fails, I could just sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, you know, I was always... Eventually... People found out that I could sing, and then that was the thing. That was, like, my thing. Um, But for the most part, you know, I just used to be able to make friends in class. I would just, like, find things that I could relate to people on and then go in for the kill. Like, I always had fresh shoes, you know. Once I started wearing sneakers, I didn't get a pair. My first pair of sneakers I got in middle school in the sixth grade. Wow. And I used to wear flip-flops or nothing.
2: (laughs) Wow. Um,
3: But... You know, I had like the fresh stuff when my dad was in the navy, so we get to shop at the PX, and we had like the Fubu boots and stuff when mm-hmm, it was yeah. popping. You know, I had like the little Moon ba- bounce Spice Girl shoes and everybody. I had like, you know, I had some cool stuff. I was yeah. definitely a nerd and unaware of like my quirkiness, um, but you know, I just was very like outside the box. I never, I never was the cool kid. I was never one of the most popular I just kind of did my own thing
2: yeah because
1: we've had a few uh, military kids on on the show and um one of the things that they also can talk about is kind of going the opposite direction like you move around so much and you know that you're going to move around so much that it's like uh, why even bother making friends or why even bother getting attached because it's going to be cut off anyway did you ever experience that side of it
3: Maybe subliminally. I think maybe that played more into like my adult life Mm -hmm. Um, because we grew up in a household where we didn't question anything. Like we you want to get slapped in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? Talk to mama about my friends. Like, dude, we was the ones packing up the house. So it -hmm. wasn't it wasn't like, mom, you're ruining my life. Like, yeah, right. (laughs) <laughs> you <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What you better be yeah. grateful that you yeah. didn't get a whooping today. You know what I'm saying? I don't mean it to sound like my mom was abusive. She was just very, very strong. She had to raise us by herself. Absolutely. My dad was always gone, and when he came home, he was always arguing. So, you know, it, we just kind of got used to being like, oh, it's time to go. All right, cool. Wow. Back up. You know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't like, I don't know, it just was like that since we were kids. You yeah. Know? We didn't know any other way. And then we always knew that we had our family. We had a huge family yep. in Florida. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're gonna be in Vero in the summer, whatever. I'm not tripping. Yeah, you know.
0: What was that like for you growing up in in such a like a, a, a strict household, being that your mother was such a strong figure? Like your mom is an extremely strong woman, right? Um, what What was that like growing up in that? Because it's like it's very regimented, especially even in in military mm-hmm. families. Mm-hmm you know what i mean there's strict rules you you couldn't go out until you were 19 without asking right how was that for you
3: i think it had a lot to do with shaping <clears throat> a lot of my perspective um i think that because i had such a strict and like planned out for me life as a younger kid that's why i'm so like ugh. As yeah. an adult, like you're not gonna tell me what to do, bro. No, yeah. Sorry, if it's not, if it doesn't make
2: sense to me. Bleh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have
3: no patience for that. That's the
1: title of this of this episode, bleh. by the way. If it doesn't make sense to me, bleh. 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 no, for real. I
3: mean, you can ask my husband, man. Some, sometimes I have to check myself because you know he, you know he try to tell me stuff in such a structured household. Like, man, when my dad was home. He would, like, come in the room and wake us up with a flashlight at 5.30 in the morning. And, like, military style. I'm talking, like, Reveille, Reveille, rise and shine with a flashlight. He'll be like, we are not in the Navy, bro. Stop doing that to us. So now, like, I just can't deal with people rushing me. Like, dude, you knew that you needed this at 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. Don't hit me at 5.30 and expect me to rush. I'm sorry. You should have. You should have just been more organized. I don't mind doing it for you, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to go outside of my comfort yes. to help you. Yes, Like I have a rule about that. Don't ask me to do something you yourself would not do. Straight you would up. be mad at me for coming to you 30 minutes before I need something. Be like, yo, I need it, I need it, I need it. That's so rude. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I didn't get like that yeah. until recently because I used to just bend over backwards for people. I used mm. to just do whatever. Like, oh, well, they really need it. And, you know, put myself on the back burner and it worked for a minute. But then I started getting angry and bitter. You know what I'm mm. saying? And it's like, I think a lot of that had to do with just how I was raised. You know, I didn't have a voice. I didn't have an opinion. You know, I, I wasn't able to, like, express myself through music. I had to be quiet or I had to do it when my parents weren't home. That's how the YouTube started. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I'm grateful for the way that I came up. Because I didn't have to bump my head until I'm 35. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To get it. Like, I went for my dreams. Nobody could tell me nothing. As soon as I was able to, like, get out here on my own and do it. Mm-hmm. I moved to L.A. when I was 21. 20, 21, something like that. I had been coming to L.A. since I was 19. But... I was not having it. I'm just like, you told me what to do for the first 19 years of my life. Yeah. Butt out. Sorry. you yeah. am going to do Butt this. Out. Yeah. I'm doing it. You're not going to stop me. Like, they tried to bribe me with a car.
2: Wow. Go to,
3: you need to go to college. You need to have a plan B. And I remember this. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I remember yelling at my mom and being like, I don't need a plan B. I don't need something to fall back on because I'm not going to fall back. And I slammed the door Wow! and I was just standing there like, oh, snap, Uh-oh. she's going to come through this door. Uh-oh. And even, she never came. She, leave me, she left me wow. and She let me alone. And then I was like, dang, like maybe she really, I never talked to my mom like that. Are you kidding yeah. me? Like what? No. <laughs> <laughs> Mama can slap you so hard. Like I don't even know how to explain it. Like she just slapped me so hard. I thought I was on the moon. <laughs> wow. like, like for real. So you yeah. don't talk back to her. And yep. I said that, and she didn't bother me. So it was like, "Wow, you know." Then she started encouraging me, and you know, she wasn't always the most supportive in the beginning. She yeah. thought it was just like childhood, um, what childhood rhetoric, like "I really want to be a singer." I really, you know, every kid it's wants hard to be it, famous. It, it,
0: it, it, it's crazy to think of that dynamic because it's hard for parents. I feel like, especially old school, right? Is that we start to kind of realize things in that you know, and and this is a kind of a theme that comes comes up you know quite a bit with in these scenarios is that i feel like it's something so scary for parents being like wait you're going in entertainment i've heard so many things about it it's it's not like guaranteed so many people like lose their lives in attempt of doing this we'd much rather have you be a doctor or a lawyer or or a businesswoman or this, that, and the other. All these things that are kind of like safe and independent. Just from the standpoint of, you know, wanting to make sure that their kids are okay. Mm -hmm. But I feel like even, you know, even in this day and age, it's one of those things where there's so much access now. Somebody's going to, if if, if a child wants to do something, they might as well go do it. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like, we also have to be very like focused and and real on on our goals and ambitions.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I think man, like within any industry, there's going to be ups and downs. The only thing, the only difference between this industry and a host of other ones, even in the in the, in the movie industry, there are rules and regulations. There are things set in place to where. You might be able to get me, but you can only get me so far. Mm. The music industry is the wild, wild west. There is is. no FDA. There's no FCC. There's no, there's nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's self-governed. And I think um, if people understood that dynamic coming in, um, maybe there would be a little bit more or a little less casualties of war. Um, But I feel like that's what, like, VH1 behind the music tried to do like the very essence of that was to get behind the human and the the reality of what it is to go on tour, yeah. what it is to come from nothing and be like this global superstar. You know, yeah. I, I, one of the best um, shows out there was Diary Man. Like, yeah, I, Aaliyah's episode is one of my favorites. You know, <sighs> oh I watched that go. this on her website. I just watch it like classic. Randomly. Yeah, and it's just like man. There is no, there's not enough time to sit here and try to explain all the intricacies. No, you no. know, how things happen, how you bump into somebody backstage and they say, I'm working on something. Come to the studio and you go to the studio and, and everybody's there. And then, you know, you're just having a good time because it wasn't set up. It's There's no pressure. So you just go and you do whatever. And then that ends up being the single that changes your life. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. well, damn, what do I do now? You know what I'm saying? There's so many people that just get it that way and don't know how to continue that and i think it's because first of all there's a lack of artist development there's no lack it's null and void it doesn't yeah. exist yeah um and i think that's one of the, the things that you know i'm supposed to do i'm supposed to help people understand what this is and how to use it you know it's your your music is your t- your gift and sometimes you're an artist and sometimes you're an entertainer and i think you know, it's very important for you to be able to define that for yourself. Who are you? And I remember, like, years ago, people asking me, like, who are you? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm me. What What, what are you asking me that for?
2: Yeah. You know
3: what I'm saying? But I think what they were trying to get, like, it's like, you know, the teacher kind of leading you to where the answer is but not telling you. That's That doesn't work
2: mm. in this industry.
3: It It would only work if life wasn't happening around you so quickly right? We don't have time for discovery No, in this business. You need to come in knowing or come in not knowing anything and get bulldozed. It's like you come in knowing, but then not knowing how to finesse, you get x out. So it's like, I'm, I'm very passionate about teaching these young kids. Like, listen, you focus on the wrong thing, bro. That's temporary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to set yourself up, you know? And like, My mindset, I was so stubborn and I was so set on not going back to the country that like looking back, man, I had a hit every year since I've been out here. I didn't even, I didn't know that. That wasn't my goal. Yeah. But even the year that I only had one song come out, it went number one. I didn't try to do that. Yeah. That's just me being in the right place, having the right attitude, You know, working on my gift. I thought I had lost it at one point. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, but that was just fear. Absolutely. That was fear clouding Mm -hmm. like, okay, I went through this crazy situation and now I'm back out here. What if I can't do it? What Mm. if I can't do it without them? What if I need the big machine? What if I need the big name? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's that disease when you get out here. They try to tell you, you can't do it without I mean, you, you can't do it without driving a Bentley. Sure. You can't do it without having on designer clothes. You can't do it without having your hair and makeup. And it's like, okay, if I can't do it without having them, why don't I just learn how to provide those things for myself rather than putting myself in mountains of debt yes. trying to keep up Absolutely. with all. And then when you realize how it actually works, you know, a lot of these celebrities get their makeup done for free because they're endorsing a product or they I- get hair for free Mm -hmm. because they're promoting the company or they get clothes for free because it's a new designer. You know what I'm saying? And so when you really understand the mechanics of how things work and behind the scenes, instead of just being, I think we talked about this earlier before we started, um, being so consumed with, I'm here, yeah, look at me. Oh, I got, I did the bridge. (laughs) <laughs> on the, on the, on the Rihanna record. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh Yo, God. look at me, everybody. Instead of getting caught up in that hype.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And you focus and you're like, okay, that's cool. Now what's next? I think that's one of the things that has saved me because I'm, some people will call it ambition. Some people will call it, you know, never being satisfied, Yeah, but I always wanted more. You know what I'm saying? I always like, you know, some, they used to tell me you get a, you get a placement on an album you're going to be popping. Okay, I got the placement. Now I want a single. You get the single, you're going to be popping. I got the single and didn't do nothing. Now I need a top 10. You got the top 10. That didn't happen. That didn't change nothing. I got number one over here. Oh, that, okay, you can't do it again. Got number one in another genre. Oh, shit. Still didn't change anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm no, saying? Yeah,
1: that, That's very real. I mean, there's not that one moment. That's the whole thing. And also, no two paths are linear. Mm. No like you you were saying you can't make up when you bump into someone and the next thing you're at the studio like there's no there's no shortcuts in this shit and there's no like formula really yeah. you know people think there there is you know people think like okay I got to either write like this or I got to make this sound i mean there's structures and things that like work and things that don't mm-hmm. but when you talk about being successful in this in the music industry specifically there's no one point where it's like, and there we go, I'm successful. Right. Yeah. I
0: did the last you, four You read bars. the playbook, like, right? So this is going to happen and you're going to do exactly that. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't mm-hmm. exist. No,
1: it, it's like any other career. It's like you dive in and you try to make a long-term career for yourself that gets better and elevates and elevates in continuously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not like that moment and then life is good forever that yeah. will never fucking what, happen that's, that's what you're you think and that's, that's the
3: dream yeah. that your soul you, you no,
0: And that never will happen you can't you can't know any of these things unless you're in the trenches mm-hmm. right so one of those like it, you can't really experience what all of these things are unless you've experienced them and hopefully that either yourself or you have a team around you that's able to really like shield that or assist in the blossoming of that along mm-hmm, the way mm-hmm, right um and with that being said also knowing how much you've experienced along the way i want to use this this time to take it back to when it started right how what was your foray into the the music world
3: i got started on the internet um at one point I was the number one musician on YouTube. I had about 15 million hits on my page. How how old were you when you started that? Um, 2006. So when uh, Mm -hmm. Justin Timberlake did the My Grammy Moment, Mm -hmm. um, he was the first artist to ever do that Mm -hmm. on uh, the Grammys. And I submitted a video of me singing, and I'm telling you I'm not going. Obviously, I didn't win. um, But I took that same video and I uploaded it on on YouTube, and YouTube was still beta at that time. And then this small little blog, which is now a huge blog, called That Grape Juice. It was still thatgrapejuice.net at that time. I was their first post. And they were like, this girl is singing this song. And mind you, my voice was not as big as it is now. Um, I did not have as much control. Um, But I sang that song. And then people started, um, I took the soldier Boy approach, because mm-hmm. he had said, um, this is back when, like, Bear Share and LimeWire was still popping, and how he got uh, popular with that first song, Girl, Check That Booty Meat. He, like, started naming it 50 Cent in the club, mm. you know, and, like, people would download it on people, Bear Share and yeah. LimeWire thinking it was 50 Cent.
1: <laughs> people still do that. Yeah. Years, yeah.
3: But it actually worked for him. So I took that approach. Mm-hmm. I started, you know, putting, like, Jennifer Hudson... Um, and I'm telling you, I'm not going, and that movie Dreamgirls was still very, very popular at that time, so I had got a lot of traffic to my YouTube from that, and then I just started, like, every day after school. I was in college. I just graduated from uh, high school, and um, I went to, uh, at that time, it was a community college. Now it's a a university, um, Indian River Community College, and uh, every day after school, before work, I will come home, and I would record something, and then one day... My stepbrother um, got really sick. He had a disease called MILAS, where your mitochondria are so uh, overly energetic, it just eats up all your energy.
2: Oh, wow. So
3: he would have a lot of seizures. So he had a seizure, and he went to the hospital. And while I was waiting for my parents to come back, um, I decided to sing the dictionary, for what? I don't know. It was just, I was bored. Mm-hmm. It was like two in the morning. I was waiting for my parents to come back to let me know what happened because he was very, very sick. And uh, I just sang the dictionary to the tune of um, Glamorous by Fergie. So I played that beat mm-hmm. and then I just sang, you know, the first like five pages of the dictionary. Just going through word by word. Yeah. Like Aardvark, Aaron, ever like that. Oh, wow. And, uh. It was fun, it was funny, kept my mind off of it, yeah. and um, I uploaded it. And just on a whim, I went down to the bottom, and uh, I found the contact information, because this is when they still had it at the bottom. And I found the contact information for like the editor of YouTube, and I sent him the video. And the <laughs> next morning I woke up, it was on the front page of oh, YouTube. Wow. And then it was like on the top of the page or on MySpace, somebody had taken it like put it on my space and I just became really really popular on on YouTube so I used that and uh MTV had this show called Say What Karaoke and this oh, is before
1: wow <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah yeah Bring it so back.
3: I was on this uh talent website I forgot the name of it it was like e-talent or something where you could go and find auditions And I saw one for MTV, Say What Karaoke, but you had to be a New York resident. And obviously, I was living in Florida, and I had no way to get to New York. So I I emailed them, and I said, hey, I'm really, really popular on YouTube. Um, But I pretended to be somebody else. I pretended to be my own manager. Awesome. And I was like, yeah, she's really, really popular on YouTube. She's got this. She's on the front page right now. Here's the link. And I got an email back, and they were like, well, I'm sorry you don't live in new york i don't know how we can do this i said well there's this really cool um program called skype and i can call in and we can do something that way so i remember the name the producer's name was shannon and uh so we did that and i remember i think new york and uh Aubrey I, O'Day, I think, were the judges. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was, they were. <laughs> like, the. Um, New York. The, <laughs> the prize up. was a 50 inch TV. I really, really wanted it, like, bad. And um, so I did it. And I, obviously, it didn't win. The other girl won. And uh, she, I think she's saying, first of all, they had me looking crazy. They told me I had to dance. And I oh, knew, wow. you know,
2: yeah. My dancing skills, <laughs> you know, like, it ain't really that popping. <laughs> I, I want to continue this,
1: but I got to just take a moment to dive into like this culmination because it's, it's it's very juicy, and I
0: don't want. Mm-hmm. Hey, shout out to the juice, the juice. squeeze out. that. I want to squeeze this. Squeeze do that. It.
1: <laughs> so while this is happening, and like you're going, you're becoming the star. Um, through YouTube, and you're getting these opportunities, and the say like all this stuff is happening very quick. The farm girl is becoming like out into the the rest of the world via the internet. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? In in just um, in kind of like where you saw your career was going? Was it like the first time you're like, yo, I could really be a singer. I could really do this. I'm all in on this. What was that whole experience like? Just f- where, where your mind was at at that point.
3: I really think up until maybe like three or four years ago, when I really hit like my rock, rock, rock bottom, um, I was just going like I didn't see it as like yeah I'm about to be popping like There's something I was so, just
1: so nice about that, like that na- naive beast. yeah being I so was green, very naive. naive yeah being so green and so new that like if you almost had known. You may not even have done it. I probably would have
3: destroyed it. everything. Or like, destroyed all of it, yeah. I didn't know how dope I was to everyone else. I didn't know how people were perceiving me. I just really wanted to play guitar. I really wanted to sing. I really, like, I got I got accepted to the New York School of Film and Television when mm-hmm. I was 17. My mom wouldn't let me go. So, wow. you know, that's why I ended up at a community college, because I was like, well, I'm not applying to any uh, college. I, I applied to one how university. Was, how was that for you? It was like it was like a burning. Like I was so upset with my mom. Like Mm -hmm. why are you trying to keep me from doing this? I'm gonna do it. You're not Mm -hmm. gonna stop me. Um, I applied to one university, Columbia, and I got in, Um, but I didn't want to go. Like I'm like, I don't. What am I gonna (coughs) do here? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm gonna what take business. Like my mom wanted me to do communications. I'm like, this is not like I just felt this unction. Like when I went to go that way, it just hurt. Like, it wow. didn't feel right. And I, and I remember telling my mom, if I turn 23 and I graduate, I spend four years in university and I turn 23 and I can't do anything with this, I would never forgive you. Oh. I just remember thinking, like, I can always go back to college. You went back. Yeah. Why do I have to do that? Why can't I just shoot my shot? Like, so it just never felt right. I just knew that was not
2: mm-hmm. what
3: I was supposed to be doing. I really wanted to be on Broadway. Oh, when wow. I graduated from high school. Wow. Um, I thought that's where I was gonna go, but you know, that got detoured. And I just really wanted to just express myself. Like I had to. I just really wanted to. I didn't I don't know. I just
1: love that it comes from that place. Um, especially thinking about how YouTube and the internet works now for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus how it did back then, obviously massively different. But the fact that your 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 drive came from almost a way to like let yourself out from these 18 19 years of being so like restricted you just needed to get it out mm-hmm. like that was the catalyst that was the most important thing more than what am i going to do for a job what's my career going to be am i going to make good money all those worries that i think a lot of kids have when they they kind of enter college mm-hmm. and have to start thinking about you know what they're going to major in and things mm-hmm. like yeah. that for you, it seems like none of that was even a priority. It was the priority was just getting yourself out?
3: I really just did a lot of like I worked at Victoria's Secret for one day. <laughs> I quit. Like they were like, oh my god! Like first of all, I aced. You know they do group interviews. I aced my interview. One day, one day. And uh, they hired me. I came in to work the next week. You had to wear heels every day, and I'm really tall. So like I'm five ten already before I put on heels. And they had me bending over these little tables, folding underwear all day. And the manager was like, you're such a great little underwear folder. I think we might make that your job. I said, won't be back. (laughs) (laughs) Psych. (laughs) No. Won't be back. I made $35. I never cashed that check. I just let it sit there. I'm like, bro, $35 for a whole day of breaking my back, folding underwear? You have got to be kidding me. I'm not doing this. No way.
2: No, no you can't
3: even buy underwear with that. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. No, I'm not doing it. Then I worked at Steak and Shake, which I actually kind of love that job because the shakes was lit. Um, even though I would not advise eating there because it's very gross. Yeah, like, the, just the cleaning. Sorry, steak and Sorry, shake. Sorry, steak and shake. It's popping. It tastes good, but yeah. it's not clean. They <laughs> 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 used to get mad at me because I used to be like, bro, we got to take this out of here and clean." like, stop giving us more work. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, there's a reason why some people work some places. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to work hard. They don't. They want to just do Mm-hmm. The minimum, you know what I'm saying? Even I used to work at Bono's in, in Vero and uh, I was a hostess. People used to complain that I smiled too much. Why are you always smiling? Why is she smiling? What's my job? It's the first <laughs> thing you see when you walk in here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I've always had this like overachiever. You know, I was the kid that was like, you know, the little, um, the projector with the clear thing. I was the kid that was writing it, like taking, doing it. Cause mm-hmm. my teacher thought I had great handwriting and I was just really good at it. You know? Oh, the
1: thing where you write and it shows up? Yeah. What are those
3: things called? Yeah. The, the projector. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what the paper is called, but like, you know, the translucent yeah. paper. I used to like just go over and above and go to extra mile and smile at people and make them feel, you know, I don't know where I get that from, but I just always was trying to, like, go above and beyond. Um, So I, I really feel like that's another reason why I am where I am because I just, I'm okay with, like, doing a little extra. Like, I went on tour with ACOM for a whole summer on the OMG tour. I was supposed to be writing, but I ended up just making sure he had food from craft services and bringing him a Pepsi before he got off stage. That's what I did.
2: Wow. And
3: I didn't have a problem doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had already written you like know. songs for Rihanna and Mary, all these people. I didn't care. I was like, bro, I'm on tour for free. I get a bunk bed on the bus. Like yeah. I am not tripping. And he want me to bring him a Pepsi and some cotton candy. That's what you going to get, bro. Absolutely. That's still my attitude, man. Like, it's a little different now because, like, I treat people how they treat me. Like, yeah. if, that, if that's what you want, then I got to know that I'm. it's it's mutually beneficial. But, you know, I don't mind. I don't mind going the extra mile, doing stuff for people.
0: So you started that way, and it continued, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things is, especially in, in, in this world, is is that, as you said, like, this this whole industry... At the end of the day in, in in any in any career path one takes if you're not ready as a function of doing whatever it is that you love to do it and you just do it for the the accolades you'll get eaten by the system mm-hmm. right and especially in a, in a path uh that counts so much on individuality of self mm-hmm. right because you're creating songs or even like artists that you know, there's so much to, 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 to the creative process, but in your, in your shoes, like being the creator that you are, it, it has everything to do with who you are and how you see the world mm-hmm. and what stamp you want to leave on the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and naturally that gets tested, right? Um, it's always a want to break in. Like you started seeing a very warm reception to your work and then naturally you're in Florida like how did that kind of progress for you in in terms of being the country girl that really just wanted to express herself that 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 realized who she was in the world and had made a a very stark um decision and a very strong decision that now I'm at a time where I'm an adult right i'm i'm Eighteen or whatever, eight, seventeen, eighteen, in that in that time period where, it's now I'm a woman, I'm gonna whatever you guys have done everything you can for me, but I'm gonna make my decision and this is what I'm gonna go with, right? When when you got there, how 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 was that for you in terms of just like, walking into, the world that you were gonna be stepping into?
3: Well, first of all, I did not realize who I was. I might have known what I wanted to do and known like what my what the burning. My gut was telling me, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely didn't know who I was. I just figured that out like maybe two years ago um, mm. and I didn't feel like an adult. I felt like I am an adult in age, yeah, but my experience is so limited. Mm-hmm. I really am like a child, you know, um, I just kind of used my warmth and my bubbly personality as a defense mechanism and I just tried to make other people feel at home. Um, which is why I would do Sunday Sunday dinners. So I used to like spend three hundred dollars that I didn't have, you know, to like make macaroni and cheese and collard greens and ribs and red velvet cake, bread pudding, like banana pudding and like serve it to people. Like I served them, you know. We had Juicy J come through, we had Acon come through, we had Columbus Shore come through there, Don. Like all these people would come through because they wanted to be a part of that environment of yeah. just like safe. And I knew that if people were anything like me um, and they came from far away, they didn't have a, a place that felt like home, mm-hmm. you know, because I would go to my apartment, but it still didn't feel like home. It was like, and unless I was able to spark up a blunt or drink or something, I didn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. um, where I was. Was you that know? even early on? When I first came out here, I was self-medicating, like, oh, my God, like, crazy. I had a problem. I had a problem, like, bad. I was very unhappy, Mm. you know. I was signed to a production company that was taking advantage of me. I was with a manager that was trying to keep me in a certain mental state, Mm -hmm. uh, making me feel like, oh, you only make me this much when really it's this much. Yeah. I didn't have a way to check that. I didn't know that I had a right to ask for certain things. Mm-hmm. I felt like he had the power. I felt like a lot of people had the power to like, you know, blow out my candle. Um, if I didn't do what they wanted me to do, I just, <laughs> and I think that has a lot to do with like my upbringing mm-hmm. um, because my mom was like, what she say, go. It's like, what if you don't question that? And mm-hmm. I think for the longest time I had a problem standing up to authority because if you were older than me, I felt like I had to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so i was very unhappy i would like drink a whole bottle of liquor a a day minimum wow like by myself no sharing like a cup like this i just keep pouring until it was empty and i would smoke so much weed it was crazy like spending two three hundred bucks a a week by myself that's a lot for me yeah absolutely
1: When, when was this when you moved to LA? Um, is this after the, the like 2011, karaoke? 2010. Oh, so this is way past the karaoke thing. And oh yeah,
3: like, yeah. That's past like, say what karaoke? That's, yeah. that's years. That's like years, about okay. four years after I had already moved to Atlanta. Atlanta was like a blur. That was like, phew, I moved to Atlanta. We was broke. We was hungry. Um, You know, it was very like small minded. What was
1: the catalyst to move to Atlanta?
3: Um, They came down. My the guy that I was signed to a production company came mm-hmm. down. And uh, came to my mother's house and was just like, hey, she's dope. She's really talented. I had already gotten a placement before they did that. Mm. Um, wrote my first song with them in the basement. It was called uh, Here I Am. And ended up, Ron Fair ended up taking that song. Wow. And uh, it, w- it went on Girllicious, which I'm not sure <laughs> a lot of <laughs> you remember them. Um, but funny, I auditioned for that show when I was 17. I auditioned to be on Search for the next Pussycat Doll, which ended up being Girlicious, and I didn't make it. I won a radio contest, and I won the ability to audition first. Mm. So I auditioned for uh, Robin, Robin Anton, and uh, Eric Dawkins, and Mm. a couple other people, Mikey Minden. And uh, I was terrible, not going to lie, I was awful. They make you dance like we were dancing in underwear. And uh <laughs> I'm like not a damn I'm just dance? not I like that can you I, just I like say that yo? you own that you, you're, nah. you're, you're not <laughs> yo. your non dancing abilities. I like not that. like not like choreography that I can like groove. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying, like I do my own thing. You know what I'm saying? I can't be like and one and two and yeah. ha, ha, that ain't me. I don't do that. Uh, so you know, so yeah, I I've known Ron Fair since I was seventeen. And uh, anyway, he took that song. I think that might have had something to do with why he took it. Um, I don't really know how that went, but yeah. I was I was signed to a production company. And then I was there for two years and I was writing some songs and getting like some placements. And then I got the opportunity to go to L.A. to write. I was signed to Warner Chapel. My first record came out um, on Capitol. I had an album called Jukebox that came out in 2010. It was supposed to be like Yael Naeem... Karim Bailey Ray, mm-hmm. A Fine Frenzy, like guitar. And I had the song called City Love. <coughs> and uh that's the sign they that's the song they signed me off of. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere along the line I worked with Benny Blanco, who was one of Dr. Luke's producers, who were all under the same umbrella, at the same management company, and this is where politics came into play. Yeah. And Dr. Luke had just uh finished producing all the Katie stuff for Capitol Records, and they were trying to use that. As a, a bargaining chip for me, like, well, Luke won't produce any more songs for you guys if you don't sign her. I didn't know that, you know, hindsight's 2020. And so I got signed, and my first single sounded exactly like Hot and Cold. It was like literally, mm-hmm. like, which is why I hate Four on the Floor now. But um, so that song came out. It was on MTV, like, you know, in, in between the commercials, they mm-hmm. would play the songs. And it went to number 33 on top 40. And I was on tour with Justin Bieber and Jason Derulo and We the Kings and Hot Shell Ray. We all were like going on radio promo together. And uh, it didn't connect. You know, I would go to the radio station, the little meet and greets and the like the contest winner yeah. radio shows. Um, you know, I opened up for Backstreet Boys. I like, did a whole bunch of stuff.
0: Well, I want to ask you, what was that like in your mind at this time? Like, being at a time where, like, the unhappiness is building, mm-hmm. but you're also in a position where it's like you're experiencing what somebody would think they, they want to, mm-hmm. like a dream world, yep. right? You're thrown into this. You start realizing what this world is, even though it's still a dream per se. It's just all happening so fast. But you're also under like being brought down by your own unhappiness how was mm-hmm. that how was that like for you mentally like going through these processes while also dealing with your being
3: i think it was like a classic case of just like cognitive dissonance like i knew that this was what i wanted to do but the way that i was getting it i knew that this is not how i wanted it mm-hmm. but at the same time i did not i wasn't stupid to say like, well, I'm just going to put my foot down yeah, because I knew like, okay, if I do that, everybody will take their hands off and I don't know what I'm doing yet. So I, I reconciled in my mind, I'm going to do it their way. And if it works great, if it doesn't, at least I know that I can do it my way, mm. you know? Um, And that whole process is a full 10 years. But <laughs> at that time, I didn't know how long that was gonna take. I didn't know what was gonna happen. My song was climbing the charts. It was going, it was going organically. But when I was like showing up to the station, you know, in some like racist towns in like Nebraska or like Idaho, you know, I had this this dad tell his daughter, let's go, we're leaving. And he was like, but daddy, he's like, she's black, you know, oh my and God. like, I would go to the radio but station. But that exists. That is absolutely. 100%. Um, I would show up and like, I remember in one city, this grandma, like her face turned red and like her daughter, I mean, her granddaughter was like, ah, I can't believe you, you're ruining my life. And she was like, but she's black, honey. Like, you know, and then it happened several times where I went yeah. like to this one radio station in Reno. And uh, that was the first time I had heard my song on the radio. You know, you go in the station, you do the interview, you go outside, they play the song. And it's at this time, Kesha was just coming out.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, that's what they said. They said, wow, I thought Priscilla Renee was white and Keisha was black.
2: Wow. Oh, my but, God. But
3: we see what happened with Kesha. Yeah. And I just kind of like faded away into obscurity. We don't know why. And I remember going into Capitol and saying this is not working. You are forcing me to do something that is not connecting with the fans. I see them when I go out and I sing all my other songs, they love it. But as soon as I sing this one and I don't look like what they think I'm gonna look like, they get disinterested. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, you can have another career. This is me talking to like Greg Thompson. Hi, Greg. Um, But like, I was talking to him and I was just like, yo, you could go work at another label. You could go do this a million times with a million different artists. This is I get one career. Yeah. I'm not gonna let you mess it up, you know. And they're like, oh, well, we're we gonna put the record out, and it's gonna be fine. And I had another a second single called Love Sick that was featuring Bob. He did the verse and everything, and um, they just got scared and didn't put it out. And um, I mean, this is
1: the truth about record labels. I think for anyone like aspiring to be an, an artist, mm-hmm. you you get signed that that really doesn't mean much. Mm-mm. It really doesn't. Like, oh my God, I got a record deal. Okay, and then what? Like, yeah. you could be shelved in two weeks after mm-hmm. your promo tour. Like, that's a very real thing. You may not never get past the promo tour mm-hmm. doing your radio spots. That's a very real thing. Your album might n- never come out. Your single might be out for a week. Yeah, and That's it. This happens all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you'll, you'll get your advance, and then you'll be dropped. Like, mm-hmm. So you're in the business now. Like, one, what was it like to be among the business in terms of your expectations of kind of getting into it? Because um, I, I feel like coming from your your farm and just going based on loving what you want to do and all this is just happening, you never had like the aspirations like, I want to get that record deal. I, you never really had that, right? No. It was just kind of like, oh, and that happened, and then this happened, mm-hmm, and this. Mm-hmm. So now you're entrenched in the business side of it. Did you have expectations and Was it like, oh, shit, this is totally different than what I thought this whole thing is supposed to be? And if so, like, how did you kind of shift gears or adapt to that?
3: That's a really great great question. Um, So I think to answer that, I got to go back. Um, I got saved when I was 16. So there was a church right across the street from my parents' house. They still live there now. The church is still there. Mm -hmm. And uh, my Aunt Lois... Took me to a revival. And I remember the name of the pastor. She was 25, very, very young, very anointed. Um, Her name was Sheneva Chanel Smith Spells. I'll never forget that. Wow.
0: That's a name. Sheneva Chanel Uh, Smith Spells. Sheneva Chanel Smith Spells.
3: Yeah. And um, so I'm sitting in the pew, and it's me, this girl named L'Oreal, my cousin Janae, Alex and uh vanessa and we're all sitting there and Shaneva passed a spell she's like preaching and doing her thing and all of a sudden she stopped and she said who in here wants to do hair and at that time i had my cosmetology license i was 16 i was like you know trying to make some money and i used to do hair you know for, for like illegally <laughs> like for like ten dollars whatever um, and so, you know, I went and was studying to get my license, and uh, she asked who wanted to do hair. At that time, everybody in the row was doing it. So they all raised their hands, and I didn't. I'm just like, don't come over here with that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I am. So they all raised their hands, like five girls, and she looked around and she asked again. She said, I said, who in here wants to do hair? Now, you know, when you raise your hand, you do like this, right? That's not what happened. My hand shot up. It was like this. And I remember looking at my hand like, yo, what is happening? Like, I did not raise my own hand. So I'm very spiritual. So, you know, anyway, I did not raise my own hand. So she pointed and she said, come up here. So all of us went up. And she started at that end and she started praying for everybody, laying hands on everybody. She got to me. She stopped. She started talking to me. I don't remember anything what she was saying. She asked me my name or whatever, and I just remember this frown. Like I couldn't do it now if I tried. My face just was like contorted, and I remember her face. She looked at me. She was like, "Oh yeah, like wow. <laughs> I'm about to I'm about to lay hands on this demon." Like I had a lot of messed up stuff happen to me as a kid too. And um, you know, she like laid hands on me, and immediately like. The ceilings are high in that church when I go back in there, but I was touching the ceiling. Like, my hands was hitting the ceiling. I was jumping so high. The lights went out. It was crazy. Um, And then we prayed the lights back on, and I remember I was speaking in tongues and everything. And I, I sat back in the pew, and there was just, like, this gray smoke going, 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 going. And I finally woke up, and I just felt light. I felt free. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. You know, so I had all this stuff from a kid. You know, I fell off a cliff when I was five. Like there's so much stuff that happened to me. Really? Yeah, that's how I know I'm supposed to be here. Like almost died a lot of times. Almost got kidnapped. Like a lot of stuff.
2: Really? Yeah.
3: So I mean sometimes I tend to like block that stuff out. So sometimes it takes me talking. Yeah. For that stuff to yeah, come back up. For sure. Um but I had a lot of crazy stuff happen to me when I was a kid. And uh so I got sa- I got saved. And I think that when I came out here and all the crazy stuff that was happening to me, I had divine guidance and protection Mm -hmm. um, because there was certain things that I saw and heard and was witness, you know, privy to, like very early on that I could have gotten really hurt when I first moved out here. You know what I'm saying? And I just was able to, like, I I can't say that I was just that smart or that I was just you know that aware i wasn't Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i'm saying i just certain things would tell me like go over here move over here and i just listened you know um i kind of forgot your question but (laughs) (laughs) but i'm just saying like i you know i got saved when i was 16 and i think that has a lot to do with why um i ended up in the places that i ended up yeah and what Joe, happened to me. run that back
0: though because I think it was really important like getting here. Yeah, no, I mean. Because that I, has a lot to do I feel like with, with that kind of clairvoyance if you will. Like even if it's just something internally that may not be fully guided by you mm-hmm. but it's more of like entrenched within you, right? And it, I think it also is a testament to the fact that even early on and I think it kind of ties in, Joe, with what you were saying is that even early on, you 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 experienced a lot of things, but you also weren't the one to, like, be a... It's crazy because you were upset, but you all, in, in terms of, like, the front end of your career, you weren't going to be a victim. Mm. You also weren't going to be a burden, right? So you're dealing with this multitude of worlds, but also having the strength within yourself to say, okay, I know something's not right, but I'm going to see it play out. Mm -hmm. And if it happens to work, then what you guys were saying was kind of right, but I'm still playing it out. Mm -hmm. As opposed to like, I just want to make it like whatever happens, happens, let's go. Like you literally put your foot down when you needed to, Mm -hmm. to have these types of combos, but you also played the background and were just thinking about the application of these things, even though you were unhappy and then to flip it back.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think actually what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I was saying, you know, how did you, now you're in the business of this, how did you kind of adapt to and, and to this world? Mm. And for your expectations, when once you're in it, was it like, oh, is this what you expected? Or? Oh,
3: no, I didn't expect this at all. Like, I... The way things turned out, I, I never knew that people were going to look at me and think that I was one of the most prolific, you know, metal, melody and lyricists
2: mm-hmm.
3: out. I don't like the word top liner because I feel like that like relegates a songwriter to just like seasoning when sure. when really it's like the meat and potatoes. Um, I don't think anybody expects success the way that it comes. I think sure. you have a plan. I think you execute that plan, but then you can't control how people perceive you. Um, I think a lot of my expectation or my, let me not say expectation. I didn't really have one, but a lot of my perception and foundation mm. was shaped from other people's opinions and other people's, what, whatever they said, I just kind of took that and was like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Okay, cool. Here's another brick. Here's another brick. Mm-hmm. And when, it, when I realized that it wasn't real, When a lot of that stuff was either to just keep me where I was Mm -hmm. at that time, um, to keep me from asking questions or to keep me like feeling satiated. Um, When I realized that my world crumbled. Mm. And that's I think that's why I was saying about the fact that I got saved when I was 16, because there was always this still small voice in there like, but Priscilla, did you do anything wrong? Mm -hmm. Did you lie? Did you cheat? Did you steal to get where you are? If the answer is no, you have to keep going. Mm. And I kept hearing that, and I would be like I would be like boo-hoo crying, like looking up like, God, what are you doing? <laughs> like, can you please hurry up? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I talk to God like that. I'd be like, yo, I don't know what you're doing. You're tripping. You're tripping. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Because I talk to you like that, yeah. and he hears that. So it's like, you know, I talk to God like, can yo. Can you at least give me something? No, for real. I really would. I'd be like, yo, if this is not what I'm supposed to do, please give me a sign. But if it is what I'm supposed to do, I need to know something because Mm. you see I'm breaking here. You know what I'm saying? And I think if I didn't have that level of spirituality and that depth, I would have broken so many times. I mean, it's like when you're dealing with intellectual property, things that are intangible. Right. This music business, like when you're acting, you're using your body. You can feel it. But when you are unless you're on stage singing, uh, even when you're on stage, you zone out. You don't remember that. You, yeah. you, you, you go to a higher place. So when you're writing these songs and you're singing, you can't touch it. You know what I'm saying? So it, you're, you're dealing on a plane that is invisible. Mm-hmm. And when you are when you can't put your hands on it, if somebody says something to rock that, you gotta have like a, a or something happens that rocks that you gotta have something to hold on to, in order to like it's almost like Inception, right? With mm. the with the with the the dreidel thing. Yeah, you gotta have something that lets you know, all right, this, uh, this is, is real. real. Yeah,
1: this is real.
3: I'm not tripping because you start questioning yourself. You know when everybody is doing the, the wrong thing, and you're maintaining the right thing, but everyone is doing the wrong thing. Everyone. And then they turn around and say to you, Hey, yeah, you know, it we'll, would we'll make this easier if you just zig instead of zag. You know what I'm saying? And you be like, But but if I zig, I'm gonna be like you. Yeah.
1: What
0: if I don't, if wanna, I don't wanna zag
3: bro? I don't wanna zig, I wanna zag. <laughs> and I don't think that's wrong, because I've been it's, zagging. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like crazy
1: because all you know the music industry is so weird, right? it's It's such a personal thing that you're doing, mm-hmm. and I think on what you said, like this intangible mm-hmm. thing you can't like touch it like a performance, you can't even touch a song, you know um it's just and it's so personal because it's creative, it's coming from your thoughts, your experiences, your emotions real life, real yeah. life, everything um even when you're manufacturing it for something, it's still you, mm-hmm. yeah you know there's mm-hmm. really not always it's such a big detachment even if you're an artist playing a character almost mm-hmm. it's still you right and then the business of it is so like Dehumanizing. it's it, it can really be that it really has that element I mean we know the music industry has always had that reputation and because of it it's, it's the wild wild west mm-hmm. it's you know to have that aspect of it to affect something that's so personal, I think you're totally right. You have to have something that's somewhat of an anchor, something that, like, that dreidel or something that keeps you, like, real to yourself. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, you will get swallowed up. Mm hmm. First chewed up, mm-hmm. then swallowed, mm-hmm. and then s- shit out.
3: Man, so many times I would be, like, sitting there realizing, like, You know, you hear all these stories about, like, child stars overdosing and dying. And, like, you know, Mm. when when I lived at the Oakwoods, I started realizing I get it. I understand how this can happen. I get it. Because you get so caught up in this false reality. And when you realize that it's not real and it all shatters, you have the option to get up and, like, start looking for a new beginning Mm -hmm. or to just kind of lay there. Like I found so many times I was just existing. I would be like driving and don't even remember how I got where I was going. You know, I would like there's some there's like patches of my life from like 2010 to 2012, 13. I don't remember. I meet people. Oh, I'm meeting them, but they met me before. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, they walk up, yo P. I'm like, what's up? What was that? You know, what I'm saying like bro, I just had to start saying it like yo. I probably did meet you, but yeah. I probably was, like, really drunk or high. Sorry. You know what I'm saying? I had a problem. I really did. But it, but it wasn't, like, in public. It was a personal. It was, yeah. like, I wasn't, like, was intoxicated escape. in public. Nobody would know this unless I told them. Mm-hmm. You know, and then um, a couple years back, my cousin Quinn passed away, like, right but right after I met my husband. Um, and I just didn't care. I stopped caring. I was like, yo, mm. I went through this crazy lawsuit. I had a number one on the radio. I had seven cents in my bank account. They thought I was hiding money somewhere. I'm like, bro, wow. like where? Where is it? Either you're saying I'm smarter than you, or you're calling me a criminal. Or which one is it? I don't have anything. You know what I'm saying? Like I had nothing except for just what like. What was
0: that like, though?
3: Crazy. It was like I felt like I was going crazy. I really did. So I started self medicating. I started like, I went to Hawaii with my cousin who is his little brother. Um. these are the same ones who taught me how to shoot and, like, crack whips and do everything. He got killed in a motorcycle accident. I just didn't care about nothing. Mm. Like, when I say I, like, completely went numb, bro, I drank, like, a half a bottle of Grey Goose. We smoked weed. I did, like, four Mollies, did K2, acid, all in the same night. I just didn't care.
2: Mm.
3: You know what I'm saying? But then through all of that, I remember everything that happened. Wow. I remember... Looking around, I remember seeing, like, words move. I remember faces contorting. I just remember being in this, like, very dark, dark, dark place with all these people and just looking around and realizing this is not where I'm supposed to be. This Mm. is not for me. You can either keep going or you can get out. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And I chose to get out, and I just quit. I was like, I didn't have drugs for everybody. I don't need to do no more. You know what I'm saying? And I realized I was just self-medicating. I was really, really, really sad.
1: Yeah, the... I want to kind of dive in, like you know, I want to get too dark here, but kind of going back to when you were an artist and kind of realizing that moment when you're in the label, and you talk, you say, you mentioned um, your world kind of crumbled uh-huh. at a moment, and I think for any artist um, that probably happens a few times within your career. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like a rite of passage, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but we, all, everyone has that, those stories. Kind of take us just through the road to, I don't even want to call it a decline, because in the big picture, it actually makes you the person you are today, and part of the reason why you're probably so successful in a lot of ways, but just take us through kind of that, I guess, feeling like you're down, and that, that crumble of being a new artist in the music industry when things can be so exciting on the exterior, but so painful and like drowning on the mm-hmm. inside.
0: And the crazy thing, I just want to come in on this, yeah, because, yeah. But the crazy thing about this like crumble is that it, it's a crumble of like every single facet of the world because not only is this going on in terms of like, okay, as an artist but then you're also in a scenario where you're going through a breakup in terms of your team, you also are going through a lawsuit, like legalities you've also lost somebody very, very, very close mm-hmm. to you, like your human, your entity, your brand, your career, all of these things have hit, like, rock Everything bottom. Everything crashed. I mean, yeah. e- every facet, like, we, we, we talk about, like, the, okay, like, as a human, how was that for you in your everyday life? And then, as an artist, how was XYZ as career life? But, like, this is where, this is a moment where every single Thing of your embodiment mm. of not only your physical being but also your spirit and also your path and pursuit is reaching just like complete shatter mm-hmm right and and you you've come to that so like yeah, f- yeah. from from that holistic scope, how was that for you because it's like and you you also came to that realization of like it's it's either all in or all out here
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people in that situation could have like become addicted to drugs. You know, tried to take their own life. I mean, there's so many things that I thought about. Yeah. But I just knew, like, nah, this is an attack, yo. Like, I just, I do remember saying that so many times. Like, yo, whatever is coming after this is yeah. about to be so crazy,
0: God. you Because out of here why? Out right now. I don't think I don't it know was what the fuck y'all doing up there, yo.
3: But seriously, I don't think it was God. I think like. I was under a dark attack, like, mm. dark forces. Like, the stuff I saw yeah. in Hawaii, like, literally faces contorting, feeling like I was around murderers. Like, I I knew, like, you killed somebody before, bro. The forensic. Like, <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah. I
3: felt it. It's like, you know, I was very spiritual. I am very spiritual, yeah. and I've been that way since I was 16. Actually, I got saved when I was 16, but my mom said I used to see, like, dead people all the time. She said... um. One day, I told her when I was like three that this this old bald white man was playing with my toes. And at at night, she went across the street and asked the neighbor, and she said the old man died in that house. So it's like I used to see that kind of stuff when I was younger. Like I really believed that from a very very young age, God had a plan for me. He had his hand on me. I literally fell off a cliff when I was five. My mom's best friend reached over and grabbed me just as the branch was breaking. You know what I'm saying? Like there was a ravine and water and like rocks. I remember looking down. And the one thing that I will say, and I think all of those experiences, like people always wonder, what's it like when your life flashes before your eyes? It is so peaceful. There's nothing you can do Mm. except for just take a deep breath and say, well, I hope it doesn't hurt. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like I've had those experiences so many times to where I'm just like, well, okay, God. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when I was going through that situation, I just remember, like, separating. Like, you know, we are three parts. We have a we have a spirit. We are a spirit. We live in a body, and we have a soul, which mm. is your mind, your will, your intellect. That's yeah. your soul, like, what you've been through and, and the way your experiences in life and the things that you learn shape the way you think and your unique perspective of, of the world. That's your soul. So I've, I had to separate it separated my spirit from my body and I just existed. I just <sighs> went. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there were so many times like I just I just like went through the motions. Yeah. Like get up, do what you gotta do. It's cool. wild
0: it, it, it's wild though for me to finally understand now, like, okay, yeah, you did go through the motions and separated because you've experienced this time and time again, even in your youth. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's just brand new here. Yeah, it didn't saying? freak me out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I was
3: like, okay, this is one of those times where it's not going well and I can't do anything about it. So what are you going to do, kill yourself? Yeah. No. <laughs> you real? know what I'm saying?
2: And
1: what's so weird is like on a, on almost the opposite side in terms of like the exterior, you can be like a highlight reel, right? Oh, Priscilla Renee, this new artist, she's on the radio, promotor. Yeah. It's like, and that's what and that's what the articles are gonna say. Mm-hmm. That's what the magazines mm-hmm. are gonna say, and all this stuff, and that's what the world is gonna see. But what's actually going on on um, both internally and even externally in the inner circle is so fucked up. Yeah, yeah. It's so fucked up, and this is how it is a lot of the time. So you talk about being in the music industry you have to survive that mm-hmm. yeah you have to like that's the shit like everyone's going to work hard everyone's going to be a great artist who's even signed and, and really wants to do it everyone wants to aspire to be that but you got to survive that to mm-hmm. just get started
3: man to get out with my mind still intact and even stronger <sighs> i'm so grateful for that because i was on the brink a couple times of just like my mind, man. Like, I don't play that. When I feel like somebody's trying to mess with me mentally, immediately I'm like, Yo, fam, yeah. You you're going in the bucket. Yep. It's a couple A and Rs out, they be trying to play with me. Sometimes I'll be like you're going in the bucket, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I see what you're doing. I see you. I see what you're doing. Don't try to manipulate me. I've had to tell people over and over the best way to get what you want from me is to tell me what you need. And I will tell you whether or not I can give that to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. You're not gonna force me to do anything Just I don't be wanna front.
1: do. Yeah.
2: Because Just, I'm a sharpshooter, yo. Yeah, like yeah.
3: Just tell me what's my target. Yeah. Don't 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 tell me just shoot over there in a the general area. Like
2: mm-hmm. speak dude, what's
0: on your mind. There's no need for your half-assed Jedi mind tricks here. Because yeah. I
3: realize like I'm no longer aspiring. I'm doing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I was aspiring for a long time, and then sure. when it finally clicked, Priscilla, you know how to do this. You know how to give them what they're asking for, and a part of that comes from being aware, being awake, being somebody who is a consumer. I've never stopped being a fan of music. And what I'm doing. And I've never stopped consuming. I don't... I'm not self-consumed. You know what I'm saying? I love my music. And I love the, the stories that I tell. But I yeah. don't sit here and listen to myself every day. That's like working at Pizza Hut. You don't want to eat pizza? You know Straight what I'm saying? I want something else. Straight up. You know what I'm saying? It's unhealthy to, to just con- self-consume. Absolutely. And I'm always... You know, because I feel like I'm one of those people who have been in tune with the zeitgeist, but now I understand what that is. It's it's not being in tune with the zeitgeist; it's frequency. It's being on the same frequency as God and, like, you know, you could say the universe and the way things are moving because everything is planned. There's nothing. There's no such thing as coincidence. Coincidence is for people who are still asleep. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're awake, you notice that if you didn't get up at 6:30 and catch that phone call. That what happened at eight thirty wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. It would have happened. You just wouldn't have been a part of it. Yeah. Like I had this a couple months ago, man. We were walking.
1: Um, Hold on. Yeah.
0: Moment Hold of silence on, for a gem <laughs> <game> <laughs> drop. Whew. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: yeah. It would have happened
0: for real. I just wouldn't have been
1: there to catch it.
3: Exactly, man. Like I had this a couple a couple months ago. This happened to me. <laughs> About four or five times on the same street, same street in Hollywood. I think it was Hollywood Boulevard. But uh, the first time we were at the the um, escape room on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're in there, me, Ray, and that's my husband, uh, my friend Tina. And we were like playing the game. And we started getting irritated. And mind you, I love playing like games like that. Like my, you know, forensic sciences. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's like one of my favorite things, go do a room escape. Um. But so we we in there and Ray was like, man, just hit the button. So we just hit the button, hit the button, hit the button. He was like, you sure you want to do that? We got one more hint. You want to do it? Like, yeah, just hit the button. So we hit the button. We didn't make it. It was like, I think we lost by like two clues or something, whatever. And he was like, ah, whatever. Let's get out of here. <laughs> So we leave out, mind you, if we did not hit that button, we would not have been outside at the time we were outside. We would have been in there for another fifteen minutes. Yeah. So we go outside. We see this crowd congregating, and I said, "I ain't going over there. That's how people get shot." <laughs> like I'm good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We don't. We can't see around that corner. We don't know what's happening. Yeah. All of a sudden, the police come. I was like, "Oh, okay, we're good now." So we walk across the street. As soon as we get there, in the store behind us, they start playing "Timber," which is a song that I wrote. So I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Out of we, we almost didn't
2: experience this. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm
3: -hmm. The next day, I'm there on the same street. There's a studio right on the same block as the Hollywood Room Escape. So I go there. um, I'm I I, I decide I'm working with this artist named Sabrina Claudio, which I love her by the way. She's so sweet and super dope. And uh, so I decide. The Postmates canceled my order or something. So I was like, whatever, I'm going to just go walk and get some food. So I'm walking. I get lost. Like, don't ask me how I got lost in Hollywood. Yeah. (laughs) You're just walking you got lost. I'm just walking. I got lost. You got lost. So I go over by Big Wings, get some food, and I'm walking. I'm like, yo, where am I? Like, look up. Bam, Kaylani standing right there. (laughs) So she's like, yo, what up? So we start chopping it up, whatever. We walk back together. For some reason, I went right when she went left. I should have just went left where she was going. I don't know where my brain was at. I get lost for like 45 minutes walking around. (laughs) By the time I got back to where I was going, I walked past that same shop. They was playing Worth It, Fifth Harmony. I said, yo, I just got lost for an hour, bro. That is not a coincidence.
2: Not, wow. And I'm
3: not talking about it was playing No, as I walked past It started playing mm. Same street Couple days later I'm at the same studio I come downstairs to meet my postmate He's parking somewhere So I'm just kind of standing They start playing right on me wow. Fifth Harmony It's another song I wrote I'm like, bro I put it on Instagram I was like, you. Oh, I hear you guys I hear you, he's trying to get my attention He's talking to me You know what I'm saying, I don't yeah. know what's about to happen But he's letting me know I need to be aware I need to pay attention It's not an accident yeah. Because the Postmates normally brings the stuff upstairs yeah. See, mm. I just decided that day No, I'm going to just go down and get it I'm going to go down and get I need to just stretch my legs, whatever Same Area, not same street Um, In Hollywood uh, Like maybe three weeks later I'm doing the cap thing I'm walking, I walk past Ripley's, believe it or not, Yeah. they playing worth it. I'm like, I just bust yeah. out laughing. I was like, yo, I was like, I know I'm not that popping right now. These songs is not, these songs is old. Like, they not spinning in rotation yeah. like that. That is not a coincidence. I'm telling you, it's not, I don't know what's about to happen, Yeah. but I hear you. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it's like, those songs would have played. They would have been doing whatever they was doing, yeah. whether I walked past or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's it's all about being aware and being in tune and paying attention. Right now, I'm on the right frequency. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The fact that I'm just flowing. I let the girl paint my nails whatever colors she wanted to paint. I got my J's in the mail today. They match. Yeah. I didn't do that on purpose. Yeah. Like the video that I, I did, uh, I wrote and produced a song for Train called Drink Up. Where he had, I didn't know who he was going to have in a video. He just hit me up. I'm like, yo, you want to be in a video? I said, yeah, absolutely. You know, Pat. is who I'm talking about. Pat Yeah. So he had Mr. Chow, Marshawn Lynch, George Lopez, Jim, the dude from uh, Half Bake. I forgot his last name. But my bad, Jim. Um, <laughs> Sorry, but Jim. But he he had all of these people in the Too video. Bad, I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice one. Oh <laughs> nice one. EDP. But I had made these outfits months Earlier that Ray had I was like, yo, let's go ahead and just hit up the designer. I had design these outfits. And then I had these five outfits made, same outfit, five different colors. And I decided, you know what? I'm gonna go get me some matching shoes. I'm gonna have the same color head to toe. Right now, I did not know what color the guy who was making my wigs, this childhood friend of mine named Taman Hall, he made my wig. I did not know he was going to make this color. I just decided yeah. to go get some shoes, and I got some purple shoes and some pink shoes. And then I decided at the last minute, I'm not going to wear the purple. I'm going to wear the pink one. Lo and behold, he brings a pink one. It's the same color. Wow. I'm like, bro, I did not plan this. I told him, just do what you feel.
2: Yeah.
3: You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. it's like, okay, I get it. We not in control anyway. None of this stuff. We're, we just like, we have free will. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can choose to go left. You can choose to go right. The story is only going to go a certain way.
2: Absolutely. You know
3: what I'm saying? Because there's other people that are involved. So <coughs> you either take the blue pill or the red pill. The, yeah. they, these movies, these TV shows, they're talking to you. They're telling you how it goes. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And when, you, when you're when you tuned in and you're watching them, you start saying, ah, Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how it's supposed to go. Rather than just being like, yeah, the matrix. Yeah, bending but over it, 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 You know what it, I'm saying?
0: It's one of those things because life happens, mm-hmm. right? And and it's wild because like I feel like it's just like, it's all relative at the end of the day in that everything that we experience prepares us for what we're about to go through, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes we have control over that and others we don't but the accumulation of what we've experienced allows us to be in these certain scenarios like imagine excuse me if you made a different choice of like you know i'm done with this Mm -hmm. every one of our choices plays a role in where where we end Mm up right The thing is, is that we don't know what that choice will lead to. Mm -hmm. Maybe it is a choice to go red pill or blue pill, Mm -hmm. but we don't have the choice of what that experience will be, right? Naturally, the things that we experience in life get us to a place and then it keeps going.
3: This is the analogy that I like to use. Uh And I got this from the movie, The Secret, right? Mm. It's like driving in your car at night, right? The headlights only illuminate so far in yeah. front of you. You can't see the next 100 miles. Yeah. You can only see a few feet ahead of you, but you know the road is taking you where you want to go. Absolutely. And that's what it is. Your choices may only unfold a few hundred feet in front of you mm-hmm. at a time. But as long as you stay in your lane and you keep going, it's going to get you where you want to go eventually.
2: Mm-hmm. You
3: know? So you just got to keep that in mind. Like you don't have any control except for your yeah. car. You can't control the other cars. Absolutely. You can only pay attention.
0: Speaking of choices, um, it's one of those things that we make when we have an understanding, Mm -hmm. right? And you had reached a point where everything had crashed down.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: In that period, right, you obviously, obviously now we know that you made a choice to fight and keep pushing forward, Mm -hmm. right? What was that like that, that feeling of having experienced success, right, even though it wasn't like personal to that degree, but having experienced success, going through a breakup and, and understanding what that is, like in a moment where true colors are starting to be shown, right, in a moment where you're being exposed to the depth of this game, right, mm-hmm. and, as daunting as it is for somebody of your sight and, and understanding and ability, it's it's one of those scenarios where you're like, okay, I'm hitting the bottom, but what does this look like and what what's how are the people that are preying upon me preying upon me, right? How is this jungle really operating? Right? What was that experience of like being in the depth of that jungle as a creative? The, the constrictions that were around you? And also, when was it in which it clicked for you?
3: Mm. Um. Well, I mean, like I had said earlier, I made it a point to always do the right thing, to always tell the truth, to work hard, you know, always take advantage of every opportunity that came. I never took advantage of people. Um, I had opportunities too, but I didn't. Um... I just always did the right thing. So when everything started crashing down, mind you, I'm not an angel, but I just, it's easier to maintain the truth. Yeah. I don't want to have to remember a lie. You know what I'm saying? That's too much work. Yeah. I'd rather just tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. You don't like it, whatever. In 10 years, when you wake up, you'll realize, dang, Priscilla told me the truth, you know? So when everything came crashing down, I just always had that checks and balances to be like, But you didn't lie. You didn't do anything wrong for them to be like, why are you doing this? You know what I'm saying? When I say they, I mean, I had a manager that was trying to sue me because I fired him. And it's like, you know, it's like, bro, you're fired. Like, you stealing from me? I know what you're doing. And he couldn't give me any answers. So I'm like, well, okay, if I can't get dropped, mind you, people think I got dropped from Capitol. I did not get dropped. They did not want to let me go. But I had to use what I had to get out of that deal. Absolutely. Because I was popping as a songwriter, so they didn't want to piss me off because they never know when they're going to need something from me. Um, but, you know, and that's not to make myself seem like the big bad wolf. Definitely that's not what happened. But I, I had friends, you know, Ron Fair was at president of Virgin at that yeah. time. We reconnected. But, you know, my manager at that time, when I fired them, they didn't want to let me go. It was a, It was like... You know, they was looking at my credit card receipts, sending me funeral arrangements to my house, like texting me numbers with no decimal points. (laughs) Like you made a check for four zero 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 space zero 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 space. Like it wasn't that many zeros, but you (laughs) said it was it was enough to have commas and then they wasn't in the right place. It's like. Why are you trying to mess with me? Mm. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm, I'm going out of the country. I have went, you know, ASCAP does this castle retreat in, in a castle in the south of France. I went to that. Um, and they was like, I didn't tell anybody where I was going. They looked at my credit card. Seems like, oh, how was France? Like, bro, I didn't tell anybody wow. I was going to France. Mm. So I just knew I had to get away from them because it's like, yo, you guys are trying to like, put your claws in my back mm. it's not about the music anymore you're trying to make it be personal you know and so i just separated myself from them and i found out legally that i could fire them and i had to fire my lawyer because they had you know there's things that happen right so it's like and i without trying i'm trying not to put anybody else's business on blast yeah, but it's just sure. i'm speaking from my experience the straw that broke the camel's back, I had set up this meeting I hired a new lawyer, new business manager. I just started fresh because I didn't know where the problems were coming from so I yeah. just fired everyone except mm. for my manager and I hired a whole new team. After a while, the same issues started arising and mm. so I'm just like, yo, what is this? This is this is weird. Yeah. So then, you know, because it's weird when somebody's like, oh, I love you. You're great. You're awesome. But in the background, they doing sheisty stuff and mm-hmm. you, it's it's confusing. It's like, But wait, it couldn't be them because they love me. You know what I'm saying? And then so, you know, long story short, I I hired this new business manager and I had them come. I wanted them to, you know, meet me at my lawyer's office. We're going to go through all the documents, see what's not adding up. Mm -hmm. You know, they're my business managers. I'm trying to understand why my money is not coming to me, what's happening. And uh, this said manager invited himself to the meeting, which I didn't know. And then on the way to the meeting, I get a phone call that says, Oh, your meeting is canceled. What? Why is my meeting canceled? Oh, well, so and so can't make it. He wasn't invited. Wow. So why why is my meeting canceled? You don't want me to talk to my lawyer without you. Oh, okay. So then I started putting two and two together like the
0: forensics came out.
3: Yo. I'm not trying to I'm not out to get anybody. No. My thing is do the right thing.
0: our experience.
3: Mm-hmm. This is this is what I went through. Yeah. And and so many people it happens to, and, and I have to I take into account his fear as well. Because this guy was, you know, the, the manager that I was signed to, um, in other people's eyes, he's extremely powerful. But the one thing that I had that he didn't have is the ability to create something new. I can create another song. As long as I keep writing them hit songs, you don't have control over me, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'm making money. I'm making way too much money for anybody to let you stamp me out. yeah. So I used that, mm. you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm just gonna write another song. I fired him, I wrote my first number one. Um, I don't even know how else to say this without putting people on blast, but it was produced by Surm Style. It sounded exactly the same as it did before certain people got on the song. And that's the song that went number one. I don't think it's a coincidence. You know what I'm saying? Like That song went number one. And I think they they couldn't stand for me to have that success outside of them. Mm-hmm. So they used politics and jo- it's like you can't beat them, join them. So it made it look like, you know what I'm saying, we helped her do this when in, when as, is that's yeah. not what happened. The, the, you know what the I'm the saying? So it was politics. I mean, I was real, there yeah. when the phone rang and I hear them on the other end, send me the files, send me the files, send me the files. You know what I'm saying? Just so you can have your name on it because you don't want, To look foolish. You had this girl over here for four years. And it took her leaving you to get a number one.
2: Mm. And
3: then the lawsuit started. And then I had, you know, the song was playing on the NBA finals that year. I'm hearing it every day. I got seven cents in my bank account. Because I'm being sued by the same people who jumped on the song. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Then they had their own issues that they was going through. Yeah. Lawsuit and all that other kind of stuff. But it's like, Yo. How could this be happening to me? Like, you said I didn't make you any money. You said you didn't want to have anything to do with me. Not only are you suing me, but when I filed bankruptcy, because I truly did not have any money and everything was frozen, like all my assets were frozen because they accused me of of doing some things that I didn't do. Yeah. And, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty. In this case, I was guilty until proven innocent. (sighs) I didn't have anything. I had all this money. I couldn't touch it. So I'm just sitting here, like, in this big house, (laughs) what am I going to do? You know what I'm saying? And so I just started like learning because before I was just being creative, you know, just be pretty and write songs. Then I started learning like, hold up, I can't let, what does this mean? Why is this happening? Mm -hmm. If this happens, then what happens here? Mm. You know what I'm saying? What can I do? Eventually, you know, and I'm I'm like fast forwarding, this is like a year. You know what I'm saying? Because there's no way to explain what it's like you know, to fight someone who knows the law when Absolutely. they know the rules. You know what I'm saying? If you got 30 days to file a document, they wait till midnight on the 29th day. And you think you finally going to get to breathe. Nah. <laughs> you wake up on day 30 and it's like, damn. They're trying to smoke you out. They're trying, trying to break you. Like trying to make me come crawling back. And I wouldn't. I'm like, but I didn't do anything wrong. So, And then when I was getting deposed, they asked me, why is such and such suing you? I said, bro, I don't know. That's a great question. I never said I wasn't going to pay. As a matter of fact, you got paid. My checks go to your office. So why why am I here? They ain't say nothing. Everybody looking at me like, dang, we thought we was going to get her with that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But when you're not a liar, and I truly had mm. great intentions for everything I was doing. Yeah, I was not trying to to rob, steal, beg, borrow I really just, you just wanted, wanted to be to treated create. correctly. That's it. Mm-hmm. I was not. And I really think that's another thing that saved me. I keep saying that because I had a pure heart and I still do. Even though, you know, you can either get bitter or get better.
2: Yeah. Ooh. And like
3: there were so many times when I wanted to just have somebody just meet them outside. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? So many times. I was like, all I got to do is just give them the address. Yeah. But I didn't do it. No. I was in, and their world started to crumble after a while. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't wish that. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? Then in the middle of it, you know, we're going for a year, two years, and they just filing extensions and filing extensions. And my my cash flow was getting smaller and smaller. They didn't think I was gonna do it. I filed bankruptcy. Then they sued me within the bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bruh, I didn't even know this was possible. How does
0: that exist? How
3: is this possible? And I had to prove that I wasn't Doing something malicious, I had to prove that I wasn't filing the burden was all on out. you, it was on me because mm-hmm. they filed first and I didn't know the rules. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know that I was that, I didn't know that it was, a, was possible. Yeah, somebody filed bankruptcy, you, su- you can sue them,
2: <laughs> bro.
3: I don't have any money. You can look and see, <laughs> yeah. you can see it. Go to the bank account. What you think I got an offshore account? Show me where it is, please. I would love yeah, to know. No,
2: <laughs> you for know? real. I...
3: But I truly, you know, but the other problem is that and this is something that I'm trying to fix as well. There is no system of adjudication. You get a, you get you want to get divorced, you go to divorce court. You, you you're a criminal, you go to criminal court. You 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 fighting for your children, you go to children family court. You have a lawsuit in the music business, you go to a regular judge. Mm. They have no idea. I've been all the way to Congress to talk about this. They have no idea how the music industry works. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting in a room with 60-year-old, 40-year-old, 30, you know, probably the youngest person in that room is probably 40. And they are looking at me like, you're just a spoiled little musician. (laughs) And you have to be lying. I'm like, dude, you don't see the numbers You've been over them and over them. You, you're either saying that you're not smart enough to figure this out or that I'm smarter than you. Yeah. Which one? Yeah. You see it. I had to give you all my documents. It's been yeah. a year. You haven't found anything. You know what I'm saying? Why are you... They were digging for something to pin on me. Yeah. They couldn't find it. You know what I'm saying? Nobody thought I was going to go through with it. Nobody. But they I didn't realize think, I that they... don't
0: think many were. people would have been able to withstand that.
3: No. I mean, I barely. I, I barely yeah. was. But I had... You know, my husband, at that time, we were just dating. But I had, I mean, No, because,
0: like, look, like, uh, you know, unbeknownst to many, uh, the legal system...
3: It benefits everybody but the artist and the creative person. Yeah,
0: and, and, and also, just in broader scope, it benefits everybody that has the ability to pay for it to continue. exactly I mean that
1: that's the game it's a money game and, and, it's a, it's and, a business and, it's and, literally and, and, a business, and yeah.
0: that in and whether it's business whether it's you know financial whether it's real estate mm-hmm. like you were dealing with a quintessential David versus Goliath mm-hmm. scenario absolutely right? because even though there wasn't a court or a judge that was privy to the the legalities and the nuances of music and the courthouses or the or the, the the courtroom hasn't dealt with these type of scenarios where there's like a, a precedent mm-hmm. that's set. It truly becomes who can play the legal game mm-hmm. longer, which is why at the at the you know twenty ninth hour they can come in and make a filing. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, in court, it's just an extension filing. Yep. For you, it's like. Wait, where am I going to, how am I going to stay afloat to keep fighting? The the rope's
3: getting tighter. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, yeah, man. It's like, you know, it was just very surreal when it was happening. And, you know, it was like psychological, right? Because they was like, you know, you get the emails, everybody CC'd on the emails, but they were sending me physical copies as well. Mm -hmm. They wanted me to see it. They wanted me to know it was real. I'm talking about this thick envelopes like why are you wasting paper like this why and you know I got this in the email because you cc'd on it yeah you know what I'm saying they just wanted me to to, to know we're not letting up we're gonna get you yeah and
1: it's it's such an interesting aspect of the music industry to being an artist because you you go in and a lot of times you don't you're not educated about these different about the business of music about the law Everything from like how copyright law works mm-hmm. all the way to like what your term in your contract actually means. What it actually means. Like right. what a six songs d- deliverable actually means. It right. doesn't mean you just write six songs.
3: It means six hundred percent.
1: Yeah, and that doesn't that means like if you have five yeah. percent here, twenty
3: exactly. percent here, it could take you seven years.
1: Exactly. And aside from that, you know, um, you're you're put into a place where and, like, I, I'm a huge advocate for this in the in the music industry. I have a publishing company. And I think it's so important for artists and songwriters to be so educated now more than ever because you can't necessarily rely on your lawyer. You can't rely on your business manager. You can't rely on your manager. You want to trust them, and you go into it trusting. But that trust is, like, based on kind of just a personal relationship that... Hey, all these people are supposed to be doing their work. Mm-hmm. But again, this is the music industry. Yeah. Like it's just very different. Some people may have the best intentions, some people may not. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's so important to understand the business. It's the music business.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like any other career out there, learn it cuz these things happen and you don't expect it. <laughs>
3: I think there's just a culture of like keeping that kind of stuff quiet and keeping it to yourself. Like, you know, people have encouraged me to not talk about what happened to me. You know, don't tell anybody like why? That's what happened to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, I'm not lying. I I'm not like bashing a, I, anyone. This I, is my story. It's mm-hmm.
0: also the same industry that said like, oh, OK, like digital won't break. Through. Exactly.
3: Exactly. And I don't think, I think these days, people want something real. They want something that, like, people are out there looking. Information is at your fingertips. Yeah. The news gets its information from Twitter and, and freaking Instagram. Not saying that that's right, but
2: mm-hmm. a
3: lot of times, stuff like Philando Castile, that was on Facebook before yeah. the news had it. You know what I'm saying? People were seeing that happen on Facebook mm-hmm. before
2: yeah.
3: any other outlet, any Law enforcement, they actually,
0: like they actually saw a man that was licensed to carry, say, officer. I have I'm a gun, a weapon, and he got shot. Like that automatically, just like. Anybody with a brain should diffuse.
3: People are waking up. Yeah, people are realizing that the so. system is not built for them to win. It's it's built to oppress them. And I think even like I was saying to my husband today, when, when we when we went to Atlanta, we drove across the country. Like I needed a break. I need to get away from LA. I just couldn't. So we yeah. drove across the country. We had a road trip. It was super fun. But when we got to Atlanta, I started realizing like, yo, why are these people driving so crazy? Like I'm talking about like right up on your bumper, ying, ying, switching lanes. I thought it was just Atlanta. Then we got back here, same thing. I'm like, yo, people are getting irritated. Like, Mm. there is an unrest. Like, people are realizing that it's not real. You know what I'm saying? And like, some people, when they've been asleep for so long, and they're being forced to wake up, they don't know how to deal with that because it's like you got to rearrange your whole way of thinking. Mm-hmm. The way you think the world works. You work hard, yeah. you, go to, you go. You get a job, you work hard, you wake up in the morning, you have your coffee and your biscuit, you go to work, you come home, you be with your family. They think that's the way it should go, but they're realizing that that's not, mm-hmm. that's not how you win.
0: We're in a day and age where the opportunity to shift the paradigm is a click away, mm-hmm. right? And I think that... Beautifully said. on that. I live, hey, love you. I love you. But I think that it's one of those things where, and you touched on this in in that David and Goliath atmosphere, right, is because the system doesn't want its inhabitants to be informed. Mm-hmm. Naturally, through history, it's only a matter of time before information circulates. Mm-hmm. We're also in a day and age where access is unlimited. Like right? That. But it also comes down to, I feel like the catalyst, there are many catalysts, right? But the pivot comes when those that have been oppressed by any type of system are educated enough and prepared enough to fight the system Mm -hmm. at its core. Mm -hmm. And I think that 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 in and of itself, whether it comes to a community issue, whether it comes to a race issue, whether it comes to... um, Laws that deal with any multitude of issues, right one of the 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 most beautiful things that that I heard and that I want to touch on um, in your story as an artist and also just as somebody that through this these experience these experiences, has taken ownership of everything that they do and has began to really search for the meanings of these things and the applications is is that during this time period instead of, again, being a victim instead of, again, leaving everything to somebody else, right? Naturally, you had people around you that helped you stay afloat mm-hmm. and believed in you and that also, like, were there with good intentions because you. there's no way that that you on your own just no. in your own devices could get through that storm right. right but one of the the pivotal thing which is what you said was once you started really digging into these things you started questioning everything mm-hmm. so this bottom was actually in my mind the way i play it like a resurrection in your spirit and your pursuit mm-hmm. because let's just say shout out to the fact you got out of this Mm -hmm. right and the moment in which you got out you were so equipped to deal with everything and anything on the business side right you also it may have like put a constraint a constriction on your creativity or your like capacity right but once you Went back into the open air. Not only were you able to create freely and do what you do, but you also knew moving forward, you had a say in everything mm-hmm. that came around building your business. Right. Right. When was that moment? And and tell me about that shift for you. Like that, I I really want to go into like just the process of it, like overcoming. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no need to even get into like the the intricacies right. of that but it's more so of the moment you overcame, right, and your outlook on what was to come.
3: Um, I just realized, like, there's so many people who are going through what I went through and who have gone through what I went through, and some most of them quit. Like, they found other outlets. They went and did movies, or they went and, like, started their own companies and just decided, oh, you know, I'm not going to be an artist. I'm not going to be a songwriter anymore, but I... Deep down I just knew like if I give up, there's gonna be somebody else like me
2: mm.
3: who's gonna be looking and who might not be as strong as I was or as stubborn as I was, and they're not gonna have a benchmark. You know, I wanted to be a touchstone for somebody. Mm. I wanted to like it became bigger than me. Like I, I I promise, I'm not it sounds really corny, but No, I mean it like, shows.
0: Like even if it was just for you, it'd still be super hard. Yeah. But, like, when it becomes something bigger than us, it it, like, even if it's daunting, it becomes something Mm -hmm. that, like, you at least need to try fighting for.
2: I just
3: knew that if I let them do that to me, they would feel like they could do it to other people. Mm -hmm. And they would feel even more invincible. Mm -hmm. And I think I knocked them backwards because I'm the only person to ever get away. Everybody else just kind of disappeared. Like when they did other things, when they sign you, they have you in perpetuity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes that works for people. Sometimes that, that type of relationship is okay. Then, But for me, it didn't work. And I don't have anything any bad feelings towards them. or Like, thank you for teaching me. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, that would never happen to me again. Never. At least not on that level. Yeah. I feel like there's going to be obstacles wherever I go. Whatever I do, you know, when you reach a certain plateau and then you you look up and it's another peak you got to reach. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I'm only 28. It's like I've been through all of that stuff from the years of 20 to 28. That's like most of the time people are still developing
2: mm-hmm.
3: who they are as a person. So I feel like and I always knew like, yeah, I had written some really great songs, but that was nothing. Like I did all that stuff under duress. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And I think I never really... The reason why I felt so upset when I was going to work and going to write with some of these artists... And again, I'm never hating on anybody who's living their dream because it's very difficult. But I was going to work with some of these artists and I was just like, what is this? Like, Why do I feel like I'm being held back? Mm -hmm. Why do I feel like that?
2: Absolutely. You know what I'm
3: saying? Why do I feel like I'm swimming against the the current? And um, when I finally started... like just shaking that off and just saying no, like now I'm straight, (laughs) you know, going to work over here, going to work over here, like doing what I wanted to do. Yeah. I started to, to feel like, okay, like Priscilla, you don't need a publisher or a manager or anyone to tell you when something is good. You don't need that. You know what you need to do is you just need to trust the song and you need to follow your heart. Like Mm -hmm. just trust, let just let it flow from your spirit. It's not you anyway. Like, I'm a channel, you know what I'm saying? It comes in, and I just put it out. And what I have to do is protect that, and I have to fight
0: Absolutely.
1: when
3: I know that something is divine. Sometimes people in in the room are not in tune with that, and they want to fight it, and they want to go, like, the ABCD route. And I'm just like, bro, I say that. I'm like, this is feeling real ABC123, you know what I'm saying? And they keep fighting me. I'm like, all right, bro, you got it. You don't need me.
2: You're going to put you, know you in what
3: I'm that saying? bucket right here. I'm like, yo, just, I mean, they might not go in the bucket. <laughs> okay. But yeah. The only people that go in the bucket, the people that go in the bucket are people who, like, I can, because I can, like, read people's eyes, right? Yeah. And when I look in your eyes and I see that you're trying to play me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Talk to me like that again. <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> yo, you're trying to play me? <laughs> okay. Like, before, I used to just, like, deal with it or I was like kind of overlook it but now I'm realizing like Priscilla you are in tune when you sense something about somebody that's what that is don't try to make excuses for them don't try to see the, the, the 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 potential in them they don't see that in themselves they don't want it let them be who they are you know what I'm saying and then just like clock that cool I see you I see you great absolutely I'm going this way you know what I'm saying? And don't feel bad about it. It took me a long time to get to the point where I do not feel bad mm. for doing what's right for me. Because what's right for me, I know that I'm not trying to take from you to have. You know what I'm saying? What I'm doing, if it's not mun- mutually beneficial, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. If I can't come back and ask you, like like I have this mental thing, right? It's like, like a, a seesaw. If I do something for you... That means later on I can ask you for something. Absolutely. If you don't want to give it to me, cool. That's no fine. more seesaw. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I'm not going to force you, but, bro, I, I did this for you. You know what I'm saying? I need a favor. Yeah. Then the seesaw goes back the other way. Then I expect you to come and ask me for something. Seesaw goes back the other way. It's if, it, it, just if, like common decency.
1: It's a,
0: it's a, it's a reciprocity seesaw. That's bro. how yeah. it
3: goes. You know what I'm saying? And and I know I keep track of that. Cool, I did this for you. Bet. Bet. When I need something, who can I call? Bop, 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 bop. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And that's just how it goes. We help each other. If you're not down to do that and you just take, take, take it, and I also you also have to weigh it. It's like, yo, if I, if I have access to just like McDonald's level, you know what I'm saying, and you got access to like Fogo the Child level, uh. Nobu level, and I ask you for something and you give me Nobu level, then I might have to give you a little bit more of my McDonald's yeah. level. You know what I'm saying? Like I gotta give you a, a couple Big Macs. Idea. You know what I'm saying? You got like, to be able to like balance things mm. and, and just like understand. You know what I'm saying? I get a feature on such and such artist. I only get 2% publishing, but it's going to do this much for my career. You know what I'm saying? Take that. Move on. Whereas you might get this much on this artist, but it ain't going to really do anything. You know, 100% of zero is zero. Zero. So, like, you got to, like, you can't be egotistical and be for self. Like, it's hard. It's really hard to, when you know what this business is about and what it can do to you, it's hard for you to, like, watch someone go through that meat grinder is really hard. Absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, I've had opportunities to sign people and I won't because the way that, where I am on my level, I mean, I wouldn't say McDonald's level, maybe like Red Lobster, yeah, you I know t- what t- i will t- take, I'll take you a couple notches like, about like Red Lobster stuff. Olive but. Garden level, you know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? I'm still trying to get to crustacean level, yeah. right? I'm at Red Lobster, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, with, with what I have, I try to like do certain things and it just ain't, I'm not there yet. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, gotta work a little harder. I keep going. You know, I, I'm always wanting more. I get something and I want to do better. And like, mm. you know, I'm trying, always trying to best myself.
1: Yeah. You know? Can I ask like, <laughs> moving from an artist to a songwriter, that kind of shift, like you saw your career was headed, like, did that come? As your artist side crumbled and you just had more opportunity as a songwriter? No. no, How'd that?
3: I knew, I saw it, what was happening. I saw it. I like, I like, I was always aware, you know, the only time I ever clocked out is after that when it wasn't working and Mm -hmm. I started, you know, writing songs for people. I moved out here and like. Literally would have like a pack of chicken breasts and broccoli and like some plantains. And that was the food for the week. So we would cook the chicken breast, pound them out real, real flat, cut them up in little strips and like ration through the week. And then like pray that the studio had a food budget or like we used to like steal toilet paper from the studio (laughs) and like steal the fruit out the fruit bowls. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like that's how we was living. And um, I just like I saw it happen. Like I'm like, okay. They're starting to lose interest. I see it. Like, Mm -hmm. there was a point where I would wake up every morning and there would be somebody knocking at my door. Like, hair and makeup. Cool, what we doing today? Alexa Chung, MTV. Cool, 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 cool. Then I started slowing down. Mm. And I would get, like, an offer here and an offer there. And I'm like, wait a minute. Then they was all hype. And now they're not. What happened? You know what I'm saying? And I, I noticed the shift. And so I started thinking like, "Well, what can I do?" And I went on tour with with acon um and like i I found out like you could get money from performance rights societies, and you know at that time, I couldn't really get that much, but it was like it wasn't my gift that got me where I was. That was that was just a bonus because as we all know, there's certain people out here that are not that great, but they're they're doing big things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It really was about the energy that I brought with me and and in the midst of all this terrible stuff that was happening to me, I had the ability to make people feel warm and welcome. Mm. And people want that around and that's worth money.
2: Absolutely. You know what I'm saying?
3: You can you can make money all day. But if you can't change the way somebody feels when they go home and your name is the last thing they're saying, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, I, I really, that Priscilla. Man, it's I a conscious capital. Absolutely. And I think that had a lot to do. Like, when I first came out here, I was so bubbly. What? I was like, I thought everybody was my friend. And some of them really might have wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But they weren't. You know what I'm saying? They just wanted to be around that energy. Mm. You know, because I was, like, dancing and laughing and, like, taking pictures and just, like, so loud. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, yeah, oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? I had yeah. all these, like, catchphrases. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would walk. I remember one year for Halloween, me and my friend at the time showed up to the party as the life of the party. Like,
2: like we had on, like, all this
3: sequins. <laughs> yeah. like, I had, like, a cape. And we and I had, like, yeah. L I. She had F.E., and it was like, of the party. And then, like, people be like, yo, what are y'all supposed to be? It I was like, who are we? The life of the party. Who are we? The life of the party. Like, running around. People were like, oh, that's actually a dope costume. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just my energy was just, like, through the roof. And then, you know, you go through the series of, like, breaking down and building up, and I just became very, like, untrusting and just very, like, trying to get me. what like, ah, ah. you know yeah. what I'm saying? And then I finally, finally snapped out of that. You know what I'm saying? That's that's recent. That's like within the last year. Mm. You know, I didn't trust anyone because I realized, man, everyone will turn on you. Mm. When it comes down to you or them, it's them. Every time. And while I'm sitting here being like, but but we can do it together. It's us. It's us. Loyalty. At what point do you realize that loyalty becomes slavery when it's one-sided? Mm. You know what I'm saying? I was so many people slave. Wow. So many. Like, what? To the point where I lost. I lost money. I lost opportunities. You know? So many things, man. So, like, a couple people that I know that I won't say their names because I don't want to bring anybody down or, like, make it sound negative. But people get one song, get a label deal. Bro, do you understand? I have four number ones across different genres in the UK. Country, Billboard Hot 100, and urban. Yeah. Dude. For real. I don't have a label deal. Nobody throwing millions at me. Why? Because I, I didn't understand how it works. It's hype. You know what I'm saying? I was I was actually gifted. You know what I'm saying? And I'm out here doing things because I'm gifted, not because... You know, and I have to say, I was blessed, very blessed. Absolutely, it wasn't calculated. It wasn't like, let me go write this hit today. Uh. It was. We're in the studio, and I tell a fart joke, and like <laughs> that's how that's how <laughs> something bad happened. <laughs> Not for real. <laughs> I had been eating all these bananas, and I like went and decided to run. We at the castle in France, and I'm running, running. Me and Mike Posner, we running, and in, a in, in, uh, nephew. We all running in, in the countryside. Yeah. And I come back up the hill, and I had to run to take a shower, go straight to the studio, and my stomach was like. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> 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 I'm sitting there. I'm like, listen, y'all. I can't even lie to you. I got a, I got a gut feeling something bad is about to happen. And he said, Did you just say, I got a good feeling something bad is about that? I said, No, but that's what we're gonna write about. And we just started banging on stuff. Like, and that's um, how that song came about. It wasn't like sitting there, like, oh, let me write a hit. Yeah. That's never how it happened for me. It just came organically. It just came. You mm. know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I have to say, I, all of this stuff that I've done, I can't take credit for that. Mm. I have to just say that, like, I was aware and I was paying attention mm. and I let it flow. But there were so many things outside of my control that happened to make these songs go number one, where it was a label or it was the artist fighting for it. It wasn't me. I I can't say like, I really can't sit up here and say like, I'm the best. That's why when people say that, I just be like, bro. Well, what's
1: crazy is like it wasn't a career move, right? Mm. In the sense of, oh, shit. This isn't working, so let me try this. Mm-mm. This isn't working, so you know, you know how people get really bouncy like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where if something's not here, they go, tr- they're all of a sudden they're a songwriter,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, or all of a sudden someone's an artist. You're yeah, like, wait yeah. a minute, what's going on? For you, for you, it sounded like it organically came out of just life. Yeah, like, I
3: mean, I've been writing songs since I was eight, mm. like notebooks full of songs. So that was yeah. just something, again, that I just thought everybody could do.
1: I was going to ask you that earlier, like when, when you started writing songs, if that was an outlet for you.
3: Um, I don't know if it was an outlet. It was just something that I just did. Mm. Like my first song I wrote when I was vacuuming the hallway, I was eight. And it was like a country, every song I write is a country song, every mm. song. Um, And it was like walking down the highway, looking at the skyway. And my older brother was like, what song is that? I'm like, I don't know. I made it up. And he's like, no, you didn't. I was like, "Yes, I did." <laughs> we went to my mom. He was like, "Mom, she said she made this song." I sang it. She was like, "Yeah, I never heard it before. Sound like something she wrote." Oh. And she brought me a she bought me a little um, composition notebook, and I started just writing down my songs. Like I had this one that was like "Tic Tac Toe," three in a row. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I just had these songs that I used to like write. I remember the melody. I could like look at the lyrics right now and sing it.
1: I, I actually know, love just, that. It, that it wasn't an outlet for you.
3: No, man. I always say, songwriting—you just say what's happening and make it rhyme. Like- <laughs> That's it. I like for real. Like, listen, we 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 record in the podcast, but it's really like a life class. Uh, oh. And I only got a couple sips left in my glass, Mama. We made it. We made it. No more faking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nah,
3: man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get it. It's just yeah. I just say what is happening, you know, and yeah. I just like. Observe the moment and then I document it and I make it rhyme. It's like it's a puzzle, you know, it's only like so many bars and you know. how,
0: How crazy is it that how crazy is it that looking back on all of these stages in your life that like all of your gifts and all of the things that have happened to you along the way that either were a marker or or something that you're able to look back on and understand in in more depth or clarity have come to really like add up to allow you to completely internalize it all and be way more comfortable with it mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying the 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 girl that was able to, the, the girl that had great handwriting that was writing all of these things but seeing it in a, a very organized scope you you As you said, you may not have understood what it meant then, but you were able to compartmentalize it,
2: Mm.
0: right? And your experience is like you you may not have understood what all these things meant, but when the time came for you to be able to take all that chaos and confusion and start compartmentalizing it into the components that made up what you were doing, not only did it start making sense, but you started taking ownership of them, Mm -hmm. right? Um... I think it's a big testament to 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 who you are and also a testament to just like us as human beings. Yeah, you better do that, right?
3: <laughs> you damn right take
0: that charger out the wall.
2: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: shout out to Sean in the building. No, this is, that's bro-bro right there. That, that is Priscilla Renee's husband, an incredible human being. I had to shout you out. Yeah, give me that. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> Keanu Reeves and He over there on bike. his ninja. I respect it though. Um, but to be honest, it's like it's one of those things because you're you're the you're the epitome of uh, and of a being that has continued to take a step forward.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And every step along the way has just become way more confident with mm-hmm. the next step. Right, Like you're out here paving your path, you've experienced things which allow you to do things your way now, yeah, right. I want to ask you with, with that being said, like where where do you looking to the future, right, also understanding that there are so many things that that will happen that will play its course, but in this moment, looking to the future where where do you want to take your craft? And where do you want to take your responsibility to that craft?
3: I have so many goals. Like I want to be in the Songwriting Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And oh. I understand a lot of that stuff is like you got to know somebody to nominate you. The same thing, you know, with the Grammys. Like, you know, just you, you're you not supposed to know who's on the the, the voting, you know, put, who puts the names on the ballot and everything. But at the same time, it's our peers. Like, you know, you look to your right and your left. You it, it, here's Here's how I look at it. If you know that at some point somebody's going to judge all people who look like you and do what you do off of their encounter with you, right? If I know that the rooms that I'm in, I'm the only black female most of the time. If I know that a lot of times when I'm in these rooms with people, you know, from all over the world, they're going to judge black women based on their encounter with me,
2: Mm.
3: right? So if I'm mean, if I'm like snappy, if I'm irritated, and I let that come out, that's what they're going to think about everyone. So I, if and if I know that, if I don't know if this is your first time being in a room with a black woman uh, in, in this close quarters, you know, spending all day in this box with no windows and no light mm. coming in and you're spending all day with me. Yeah. And if I don't know, if I can't control when that encounter happens, the only thing I can do is be the best version of me possible. Mm. I have to be super cool, super fly. You know what I'm saying? Make sure I look the part. Make sure I'm saying things that you will never forget. I have to always be a high-performance individual. Um, I think for the future, um, I really believe that the industry is changing. I watched it change in the last 10 years. I started on YouTube. I started on YouTube. And now I am one of the front runners. You know, I, I mean, I don't want to say self proclaimed. This is what people tell me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm so in my own world, being a wife and, like, enjoying life and loving God. I, I don't God really. I'm not, I'm not into, like. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> But uh, But you understand. Like, I'm That's not the into movie. the hype. I don't buy into that. Mm. Um, I'm just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm so hot. But tomorrow is going to be somebody else and you're going to say they hot, too. So, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just trying to keep winning. Um but since, you know, people think that I am one of the best at what at whatever, whatever it is that they think I'm great at, um, I think my responsibility is to make sure that if we all have to live in this house, somebody's got to maintain it. Somebody has to make sure that it's not falling apart, that there's yeah. not rodents, that is, you know, the roof isn't leaking. Um And like I had touched on before, I've been all the way to D.C. to speak to Congress about certain songwriters issues. I'm not just complaining. I'm not just sitting here saying, we aren't getting paid. You're,
0: You're using your voice. I'm
3: using my voice. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing research. I'm reading about how much these publishing companies are making from streaming and how can we translate that and how can we, you know, my goal is not to tear people down. My goal is not to just expose you know the negativity in the system because there's negativity in every field no mm. matter where you go there's always people trying to do the wrong thing
2: mm-hmm, i'm absolutely. not trying to
3: make those people feel bad what i'm trying to do is un- get them to understand you can you know for lack of a better word you can molest the current situation and just take advantage of it take advantage of the youth the the the, the people who come in who don't know any better they're innocent like mm. children you can molest that or you can help cultivate the next generation and you can help grow the industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. Because right now, they would like us to believe that it's suffering. And yeah. in certain aspects, it is. Yeah. But there's a brand new field. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? With brand new seeds and a brand new crop. And it's growing. And eventually, it's going to be harvest time. So would you want to harvest the few seeds that have been planted just by perseverance and the, and the people who made it? You know what I'm saying? Those mm-hmm. those little sprouts that made it to the surface? Or do you want to plant more seeds and have a huge harvest? The whole and I crop really feel harvest. I don't want to be the only successful artist. I don't want to be the only one with with Burt Bacharach, I will always love you, Beatles, uh, House is not a home type songs. I want to give that to so many I have the I can't sing every song. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At the rate that I write, the quality of songs that I write at the rate that I write. I have so many songs that, that are coming to me in bits and pieces and that I haven't put down on paper yet that, you know, that I would never forget. Stevie Wonder said he had a song since the seventies and he just got words for it this year. Wow. You know what I'm saying?
0: Out of body, bro. When you are,
3: yeah. I'm saying when you, when you have that ability, when you have that gift, that's God given, like to yeah. be able to create, that's a, that's a divine.
2: Yeah.
3: You know what I'm saying? To take nothing and make it something. That is a shadowing type of, in the beginning, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Let us make man in our image. That's what he meant. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely. We are here to create, to create love, to create people, to create, you know, things that people are going to resonate with and they're going to connect with. it's going to help them get from A to Z. And so that's my responsibility. My responsibility is to teach, to educate, um, to help shape what the format of the new industry is going to be because it is changing. Mm-hmm, I don't absolutely. care what anybody tries to make you think. If they don't understand that the industry is moving in a different direction, that is not somebody that you need to have in your circle because they're going to drag you down.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know what I'm saying? The industry is changing. You can upload a song and be popping in a matter of months. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? By luck, either if the song is just good,
2: yeah,
3: you have to be ready for that. And, and I think my responsibility is helping those artists. You know what I'm saying? But then the other thing is that it has to be soil that's ready to have seeds planted. Absolutely. You know, some some of these some of this I don't want I don't know what I don't want to call them dirt, but I'm using the the, the, the seeds soil. and now some of the soil has so much weeds in it mm. and it's just not tilled. It's not ready. You know what I'm saying? And I think um Sometimes you just have to let that be what it is. But I, I, w- I want to be known as a safe haven. I want people to come to me and know that I can help you because that's what I want to do. I just want to help. I don't want to take anything from you because it benefits me to live in a house that's not in shambles yeah. than to be the only one living in this mansion that's falling apart. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I don't want to win every award.
0: I think one of the keys to that, though, is... Said person has to want to be helped
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and said person has to have that drive too to be able to even come across mm-hmm. somebody like you, right mm-hmm. just like we said, like our choices and like our wants like right if 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 our aspirations and our wants are in line with with who we are as individuals, we'll find that person, yeah right instead of wanting to join the crowd Mm -hmm. those that really build upon themselves there's no like it's no mistake that the people that focus on their beings and the 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 people that focus on what make them them and are grounded in that build circles around them of like-minded people Mm -hmm. because those are the types of people that have an opinion
3: You know what, though? I also have to have a certain element of empathy and compassion Mm -hmm. because I know how hard it is. Mm -hmm. I know how hard it is. It's so hard. Absolutely. Even when you want it, even when you're searching for it, there's so many forces that are against you. And, you know, you have to make your intention clear because when the system feels like you're trying to tear down, it's like,
2: pop, pop. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We got to get rid of her.
3: Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I have to be very careful about making my intention clear. I'm not here to tear down the system. Yeah. I mean, you know, a system that is. You're here
0: to uplift your community.
3: Bro, Albert Einstein said it. Like, when the system begins to oppress the people it was meant to uphold, it starts to crumble. Like, mm. I'm paraphrasing, but you can't fight the system that you're dependent mm. upon. I'm dependent upon it because I'm in this business. So I'm not trying to tear it down. That that would be you know that would be what's the word I'm looking for? That would be like detrimental counterproductive. Counterproductive, yes, exactly. Um what I just what I wanna do is help shape the minds of the people who are gonna be living in this business or in this in the in the in the industry in the current state that it's in because you have to understand what you're up against you have to know your audience you have to understand your environment you know what i'm saying like if you know that it's going to rain you don't go outside in a bathing suit you put on a <laughs> raincoat you know what i'm saying and and that's all it is that's what i'm saying like yeah. dude like understand that it's levels you, you know what i'm saying like Absolutely. if you are blessed enough to survive your mistakes then you have to you have to be humble yeah it, it's like a like shucking corn almost, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you, you got to understand that this is a, this is a, a firing process. You know, you, you go in the kiln and you like you get, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. you're formed by the clay, there are steps. You, 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 steps. you can't just like take some wet clay that you made into a vase and put something in it. Yeah. It will dissolve. Yeah. You know, you got to put it in a fire and then it becomes something that can hold something um, and I just feel like you know a lot of these people that come into this industry and then they just get chewed up and spit out and they just give up hope and they just let it get to them like I experience these things on a, on a large scale and a small scale you know I've, I've had it from different angles where I, I got to go on vacation with Rihanna and like go on tour with Akon and Usher and like have conversations with Mariah and, and get really close with Mary J and spend time with Puff. You know what I'm saying? Like people who are asking me and, and and seeing the greatness in me and like, hold up, when is your album coming out? What you doing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then I've had it from the other side where people see me coming and be like, we got to squash her. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because they know that I have what it takes. They see it, but they know that I don't know it yet. You know what I'm saying? And, th- and those are the people that I want to help. The people that were like that, like how I was, and when I was a threat to some of the, the powers that be, I want to help them and help them understand you're not wrong. Maybe your approach is a little
2: off, yeah. but you're not
3: wrong. And you don't have to go waving you know, a torch. And you don't have to go like trying to knock down every fortress. You yeah. don't have to do that. You You just need to build with what you have. Learn. You know what I'm saying? Learn how to make a fire with what you have. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And and just build from there and become who you are instead of trying to be what you see and what you think everyone wants you to be. Yeah. Just be yourself. And I know that sounds like some hippie, like, yogi there, like, well, you have to be one. But it's true, you that,
0: know? That <laughs> sound, you know what? That sounds like somebody that's been through it. You feel exactly. me? I mean,
3: well, you, you, you go around the world trying to figure it out. What's going to make them like me? What, what, what? And at the end of the day, it's you. Yeah. It's you. You have to be a great person at your core. And then your gift is a bonus. You know? And all the things that you've learned is a bonus. And all the people that you know is a bonus. It's you at the core of you. You know what I'm saying? Went to the studio with Puff. He ain't know none of the stuff that I had written. And I already had my number ones when I went to work with him. He ain't know. I just walked in the room. I was like, what's up, baby? I'm here. (laughs) What are we doing? You know what I'm saying? He was like, yo, yo, she sound like a female me. You know what I'm saying? He was just he was just happy about my energy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He wanted to bring me on tour, him, all this stuff. You know, I didn't end up going because I had other things that I was doing. Absolutely. But, like, he, like, he, you know, people like him, even Diplo, like, that's my homie. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They see There's, it. They see it. And and, and I believe think, it. But the, I think the thing that. What's, like, I always try to connect the dots, like, okay, these people is my homie, but why am I not rolling with them? Why I'm not? And it's because they see the potential, but I haven't necessarily, or I hadn't at that time, locked into the fact that it's okay to live your life and have a good time. You don't have to be so cool. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's what I was... You know, just yo stand there like don't, yeah. Don't say nothing. That's what everybody all <laughs> trying to be. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta be and just be there. Like don't say nothing unless they yeah. ask you. But then I walk into a room and I be like, yo, uh, you know what I'm saying? And that's what people gravitate towards, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, if 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 for anybody who's listening, if I can't, if you didn't get anything else from this podcast, this episode, take this. Whoever you are at the core of you, when you are your best, when you are being the best version of you, when you're laughing, when you're having a good time, you know, Christmas, your birthday, when you're just having a great time, whoever that person is, try to find that every day and cultivate that every day and live your life to the fullest every single day. Now, I'm not saying put on, I'm not saying be the loudest and trying to get all the attention in the room but bring a genuine energy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you walk in, if you don't feel like being loud today, don't. But you still can uplift people. You know what I'm saying? Don't ever let somebody leave your presence feeling the same that they as they did before you entered. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Leave them with something. Make them think.
2: Absolutely. You know,
3: make them make them understand that whatever you going through, bro, the world is so much bigger than that. Do we need to go by the ocean so you can see how small you are? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like for real, you have yeah. to make people understand, bro, you can do it. Mm. Whatever you want to do, do it. You know what I'm saying? You could Absolutely. be a, you could be an astronaut, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Might take you a while, but you can do it. Yeah. And always uplift people. And and then in a, in a, in essence, what will happen is you will end up being enlightened. What did that's what that means? Enlightened, lighter. You feel lighter. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like when you when you share and you make people feel amazing, it can't be fake, though. It has to be real. It has to yeah. be genuine. I always find something I can relate to with somebody, even if I don't like you. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to like you to love you. You know what I mean? I see something like, you know, I like your hair. Oh, man, your eyebrows is on point. Yo, I like your nails. Oh, that necklace is crazy. You know what I'm saying? And like, just surround yourself with people who don't mind doing that. If you're around somebody that's like, oh man, that ain't gonna do this
2: yeah, thing.
3: And like, get away, run as fast as you can. Yeah. Get away from those negative energies. Disconnect yourself from anything that is dragging you down. You know, and that's when you get get by yourself sometimes. You know, in order to elevate sometimes, you gotta like evaluate. You gotta do that self evaluation and keep reevaluating. It's okay to morph, you know what I'm saying? Like when you in that cocoon and you, and you a caterpillar, you trying to be a butterfly, we don't know how long it takes for what happens. That, that that's, a, that's a solitary thing that yeah. happens with that caterpillar. We don't Absolutely. know what that looks like on the inside. And I don't know anybody who does know yeah. what that looks like. You can't interrupt that process because then it will die. But when they're in that molting process from going from a caterpillar to a butterfly and you don't know what they're going to turn out looking like when they open when they get out of that cocoon, that's a thing that you have to do by yourself.
2: Mm.
3: Get by yourself. And study and find out who you really are. All these self help books, that's just like directions on a map. That's not the destination. Right, absolutely you know what right. I'm saying? You could read the four agreements, you could read Desiderata, you could read whatever, all these books. You know, I got a, a bunch of books that yeah. I can give you, but that's all <coughs> just like, you have to unlearn, detach, and relearn.
2: Yeah,
3: you know what I'm saying. It's it's showing you that there is more than just me, me, me. Mm. And it took me a while to understand that because I had nothing for so long. That when I finally got on, you know, it's natural to want to get the jewelry and yeah. the cars and you know I had all that stuff, the beamer, the light. Le- I had it, but I still felt empty. Mm. You know what I'm saying? True wealth is information and ideas and having your wits about you and having your priorities straight, knowing that family, you know, and where you come from is important. Absolutely. When I go back home, I come back here with so much energy. Why? Because I realize that this is what it is and that is real. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I I don't have it twisted anymore and I feel like if, if I can save or help some of these young souls avoid... All the things that I did, I mean you gotta go through something. You, yeah. you, you really do. I can't save everybody, I can't save you from that. But if I can help you rehabilitate and if I can help you get, you know, build the new foundation, if I could be a pillar for you, then I will. You know, I can't guarantee you that every day it's a self journey. You have to want it. I wake up every day and I and meet my husband, we pray in the morning, at night, all throughout the day. You know what I'm saying? So many instances where I felt the unction to pray. This is not a game. You know what I'm saying. There are when you get to a certain level of awareness, spirituality is a mandatory. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. You ask anybody that's at the top, there is an element of spirituality, whether it's dark or light, it's there. You can't deny that. So you gotta, you know, you, you to, you to you gotta wake up. Yeah. yeah, you have to wake up. You have to. Science is just proving that what God did is real. That's it. You know what I'm saying. You can believe in that or you believe in whatever you want to believe in as long as you know that there's something bigger than you at play here. And once you start, uh, you know, adding that element of, like, seasoning to everything that you're doing, things just start flowing, man. I yeah. had, I haven't picked up the guitar in years, bro. Years. Not for real. Like, when I was doing all that stuff,
2: mm-hmm.
3: picked up the guitar recently, man. I've been going. Like, I'm talking about... I'm like, whoa,
2: <laughs> uh. they don't let me get my slash on <laughs> you know what I'm saying but for
3: real though like he been my husband been pushing me you need to get on that guitar you need to get on that guitar yeah. I'm realizing it's not me it's not me it's divine <laughs> I just have to be prepared mm. you, you just have to prepare for the moment and like I said I've been hearing God telling me like yo let's get to it it's coming
2: Yeah.
3: you, you don't want to miss this train I'm giving it to you again you know what I'm saying? Because this is my this is my second shot. I had my first shot as an artist in two thousand nine. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting ready to put out this second record, but I've been through nine years of just that killing. Yeah. yeah. That firing process. Nine years. And there's always gonna be people that's trying to attack you. It's always gonna yeah. be an element of negativity. Mm-hmm. But you just have to be able to flip that. You know what I'm saying? I guarantee you nobody's gonna expect you. They coming after you, nobody's gonna expect you to look them in the eye and say, Hey bro, it's okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. You can't stand it. It's cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What can I do for you today? (laughs) For real. You know what I'm saying? They're not expecting that because there is nothing you can do to me. There's nothing you can do to me. Physically, yeah, but I'm on the eternal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't kill me. My words going to live forever, bro. Yeah. And if you try to stamp me out, that's just going to make it bigger. (laughs) So what you, you might as well leave me alone. For
2: For real. real. You know what I'm saying? For real.
3: Think about it. You try to they killed T- Biggie and Tupac, bro. them the biggest, like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that you gotta die for that to right. happen, but what I'm saying is when people try to oppress you, you come back stronger. It's like that slingshot. You pull that, you pull that slingshot back. You keep pulling that slingshot back. Yeah. Well, the farther back you pull it, the farther forward and with more force that thing is gonna fly. So just, I want people to just keep that in mind, man. Like.
0: And I'll tell you this, the Priscilla Renee slingshot is gonna go further than evil can evil ever could have. Believe that. Mm. Believe that.
3: I just hope, you know, I just hope I can help people. That's all I wanna do, man.
0: And we know you will. You have been, you'll continue to and when it's all said and done, I know damn well little Priscilla from the country gonna look back and smile. You feel me?
3: I'm already smiling. You better believe that. (laughs)
2: And with that being
0: said, I'm about to do a mic drop and just say, Mama, we we made it." it!